welcome. It's the Boy Hattie Podcast. It's the Stilted Podcast. You know what I was about to say? You know How was, you do? You know what I was about to say? It's Ladylike Book Club. Because before I came over, I was editing Ladylike this morning. Did you and post I'm like, that? Wait, what podcast? Yes. For people who don't know, Andy also co-hosted Lady... What? How do you describe it? Hey, everybody. Well, you should listen to the Lady I Like Book Club. I am hit. Yeah, it's go ahead. It's the podcast about books about ladies who like ladies. That's right. It's the lesbian romance novel podcast. So what was podcast. This, this week's book? This week we discussed Parties in Congress. Oh, this is the West Wing game book you were talking yep. about. Yep. How was that? How do you feel about... Actually, it was great because it was our first book we've read with a non-white protagonist, which was really rad. The protagonist was a conservative Republican named Bijul Rao, who was Indian. So it was interesting. She was a conservative Republican Indian lesbian. What state from is she from? What state? Yeah. Uh, they. I can't remember what state they're in. Vermont. Or Bijou. Vermont. I think she would be from Louisiana. No, it's B I G A L. I know where you say Vermont now. It's not Bijou. It's oh my god. Bijou. So it was a good book. It's good. It was fun. What else? What else? Bill, what would you do this week? We're under the gun because Annie's trying to get out of here ASAP to go see Hunger Games. Hunger Games. No, Bill, it's pronounced Hunger Games. Hunger Games. You have to pronounce it like I saw that animated gif you posted of Jennifer Lawrence. <laughs> that is my favorite. Okay. <laughs> Usually it's Bill's animated gif corner. It's going to be Annie's <laughs> animated gif corner. It's my favorite animated gif I've seen How in a long time. How can you not be in love with that lady? It's Jennifer Lawrence at a sort of press conference <laughs> for Hunger Games. She's sitting there and she's trying to open a box of mints with the lid sticks and then abruptly doesn't stick and these bits go all over and she just kind of looks at it wide-eyed and then in slow motion she just lowers the box. Well, not like, like no one will see. from the audience. Yeah. Like, do, 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 do. <laughs> like, no one will notice. And it's the cutest thing I've ever I swear seen. I God, it's like her agent has like got a contract with God like, can you just do weird things to my client just to make her kind of look weirdly human? Can you just make her as cute like, as possible? Yeah. But yeah, so have you ever seen any of her movies before? I still keep on yelling at you about to watch Silver the Lines Silver Lines Playbook. Playbook. It's a good movie. Correct. Uh, I saw her in that X Men movie. I Which saw doesn't her even count because she's blue and painted. Yeah. I, I think I've seen her in one other movie. Can... My, my, uh, my wife really, really liked Winter's Bone. Which she was in, I, I think that was the first big thing that she did yeah. before, yeah. Uh, my wife Silver really Lines. Really well, uh, like aren't it. they doing two more fucking Hunger Games books? Movies? There's one more. There's, uh, there's I know this there's one. Aren't they splitting that? Aren't they doing the Harry Potter Twilight thing where Not it's going to be split into two books? Not to my knowledge. Is there that I much can't... stuff in that book to justify it being split in half? Uh, not really. My, I can't wait for them to do the last book because the they... last book is one of my favorite little... Are they actually things. wearing clothes that are made of fire? I thought I saw an uh, animated gif or a trailer or something like that where they're wearing like fire clothes. I think at some point they they're do. They're from the fire. I'm trying nation. to remember. It's like a, like a faux flame thing. Did I freak out about the Legend of Korra finale last week? I can't remember. Okay. Ever, I'm just I'm I'm an asshole by the way, and I'm flipping through Twitter as I'm talking to Bill. And uh, the... Annie has been out doing running errands all day. She just yeah, literally just... had enough. As soon as her ass cheeks started to pancake on the seat, we started yeah, recording. So pretty much. yeah, Annie's a little behind the times today. Um. So the... so what, what what's doing Twitter? What's what, well, no, Twitter you update? That BD, because, BD, BD, BD. Uh, uh, Yasinia and Brian are talking about how good the back end of Cora was. Really? Who's Yasinia? Yasinia. Uh, you said that name before, Jacinia. Jacinia. Yeah. yeah, Jacinia. Yeah. Where's she from? She from Who's New York. She? she and her gentleman friend just moved to California. Eh? Uh, Brian, I had met. Why should well I ago. care about that opinion? Brian just passed the bar, therefore he's a powerful man. Oh, so they're super. He's gonna be one of the people who comes and sues you for copyright infringement. Yeah! <laughs> 
<laughs> no, but to, anyway, do you disagree? Wash your mouth. Do you disagree, Bill? Do you not think the back end of Core was strong? Anyway, it got better. Yeah. Well, it doesn't help that the animation got better, but the writing got better. Yeah. And they kind of broke the universe a little bit enough. I'm always impressed uh, we're gonna be, uh, This is going to be mentioned in the uh, Geek Week News and Review later. They actually announced the name of the next book, the next season of Legend mm-hmm. of Core. It's called Change. This mm-hmm. was Spirits. The next one's Change, mm-hmm. which, uh, which makes sense because they actually kind of like... I don't know. Shit's fucked up in that universe. Shit's fucked and unlike up. the first season, going into the sec- second season where they kind of reset everything. Yeah. Like this, I'm glad to see that they're embracing this stuff. I can't talk about because you still haven't seen. I will beyond watch the first. It. I mean, I, it's not good enough that I would thrust upon you like, oh, we gotta watch it soon. But it's it's you know when you're getting you know. I will watch it eventually. But it to be terribly honest with you, the reason why I lost interest in it is just because from what I've been hearing about Asami being a limp noodle. Uh, it, exactly, and the, the same thing happens again at the end of this season too, where she just kind of like she's there, but she's just like meh. I really like Asami. Asami deserves better than the Legend of Korra. Hopefully, they're like fucking. So does this is one of those rare things where I hope the creators are actually paying attention to the internet. We're not going to get gay Asami Korra stuff. Well, no. What surprises but... me is that the creators, like everybody who works at Legend of Korra, loves Asami. Yeah, except like, for the two guys who the show. No one like, maybe we included. Like they're like really no, like but, Asami. Like, when they don't do anything to like, her. No, she just just yeah. stay in there while everyone else kisses all she is she's kind of like she's the alfred to their batman where she's just kind (laughs) of driving everyone around and like making cakes you can be the driver and be cool she should be the batman she's the one with no powers who's got all the special equipment yeah with the with the one parent who's dead and she's a genius mechanical genius and shit fucking legend wait aren't both her parents dead no, no, her dad's managed. still alive. He went to jail. Oh, that's right. Because he was jail. crazy, and they fought. And no, he I went remember. To jail. I remember him dying. And even so. the whole thing where she's well, got right. she's, she's trying she's kind of like she's fuck trying to keep her, yeah she's trying to keep her company solvent. Yeah. That's kind of interesting. How many how many kids uh, cartoons do you have like a super hot <laughs> Batman lady trying to keep her company <laughs> solvent? And uh, it's all kinds of crazy stuff. But no, it, it, it was good. But yeah, I would not go out of my way to. Oh, yeah, to impress on people, like, you gotta watch the second season of Legend of Korra, it's so good. Because you have to go through a lot of bullshit to get to the good second half. Yeah. But, yeah, it's some, still inter- some interesting things, but yeah, so poor Sami. Yeah. I just want to go to the voice actress who does her and just go, it's okay, you'll get I think her name is Seashell. Really? I think the name of the lady who does <laughs> Sami's voice is named She voice. she was in the live-action Legend of Korra movie. She was. She or played not the, the, the Avatar, she, she played the played, Moon Princess yeah, or whatever. Yeah, was Yuma? Yeah, she's the only part of that Maybe. whole movie that the, the uh, Avatar creators even, like, will even pretend exists. She's like, <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, they will admit even on, on DVD commentaries, like, well, that movie was terrible, but hey, we got to meet What's-Her-Name. Yeah. Because of her, we made a Sami. Yeah. So, yeah. Anyway, so what else? What, how was uh, your week? I've been kind of... Work's been murky this week, so I haven't really been up to much fun stuff, but I've been playing the hell out of Assassin's Creed. Yeah, how far into it are So I played it when I was on vacation in Vancouver and kind of mainlined a lot of it, Um, but uh, I've finally now gotten to the point where I've kind of caught up with where I was, but along the way I've been really taking my time and, like, doing all the side things. So, like, I'll go into a location and I'll just kind of do everything I can do there before yeah. moving on. And See, I'm still in Havana, which is the opening city, and I'm still just, like, doing all the collectibles and minigames and stuff like that. Like, I'm doing everything but moving forward. Just kind of, I'm cu- kind of curious to see what the collectibles and everything in the game are so the far. The yeah. game, I, I don't know, I'm this may be the best Assassin's Creed game. Really? I think it's even better than is the main is, is the main character better than Ezio? Because Ezio is like such a great character. Ezio. And the reason why is that I liked Ezio, but there really wasn't much to him other than he was charming. It was interesting also seeing Ezio go literally from birth to... Yes. Did you say he dies in the last he game? Does. Yeah, so from birth to death. That's well, interesting, too. He, you see where he, you kind of <coughs> see the very much so the end of his life but at yeah, the end uh, of exactly. Revelations. But you still and then you see course. his death in a short film. 
Oh, that's right. We talked about that in the yeah. podcast a year ago. A good short yeah. film. But, uh, no, I like Edward. Edward may be the most interesting protagonist just because he's not an assassin. He doesn't really... He technically got made a Templar, but he doesn't really know or care what that means. You got made a Templar, too? Because I even got yeah. to that point. I got to the part where... He just randomly kills an assassin. This is not much of a spoiler because this is one of the first things that well, happens. I know exactly. I'm sure, like. But yeah, the game opens. He is literally just a pirate. He happens to meet an assassin. He takes the assassin like, out or something like that. Like, and he kills throws him. away his magic glove. Because well, they broke. The, his, his hidden blades broke. Oh, I didn't even notice so that. So he just kind of takes it outfit. up and goes, nah, fuck this shit. Well, because yeah. it's broken. And uh, I'd had less dimensions yeah, than you would. Would you feel it with a junior mints or something yes, like that? Bill. So at least if you know the blade like is broken, he gets like still a Pez yeah, like, Hold on. <laughs> chink, chink. Yeah. So uh, he. So what? The reason why he takes this outfit is because he finds a note in the pot and the thing saying, "Oh, if you're willing to portray the assassins, there's a lot of money in it for you." Oh, and okay, he's yeah. like, "I want a lot of money." And, and he so presents himself to that sea captain at the beginning. I like we're just explaining the game to each other who we've already played. But, it, so I, 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 and, and then you like, get on the boat, and it's so he's cool. just kind of an asshole, and he's. It's kind of, however, it has the same logic problem that you have in Assassin's Creed 3. Because um, at the start of Assassin's Creed 3, Connor is not a temp- or assassin and does not become an assassin for the frame of the game. And then it doesn't make sense that you can do, like, stealth assassinations and all these Yeah, there's things. no ramp up like, in the abilities, but you don't want to, like, totally Metroid him, where yeah. you take away all of his stuff. Yeah. yeah. They do a slightly better job in this game of, do- of handling that, but, I mean, if you can forgive that, and I can very readily... It's really fun. Like, all this sea combat stuff is kind of That's what I want to see, because the sea and... combat is the stuff where I'm like, oh, man, I want to do that, because I've never done it that again It sucked in the last game, but it's a lot I of do fun like the very game. Literally, the first thing you do in this game is just a very thin slice of sea yeah. combat. That's, well, like, literally, like, even before... Yeah, you can never even stab or punch anyone. It's... What's great is that the the sea, the ocean kind of becomes, for lack of a better term, it becomes a city. So it becomes an environment like the city where there are objectives you can go do. Like, like you waypoints go, and stuff? You yeah. can go open, like, you can find chests and animus fragments, and you can find, um, you can do hunting even, because you can do whaling. You can do harpooning. Oh, really? Because I yeah. saw, like, I, got I a saw white, a whale. I got a great white whale the other night. Oh, shit. <laughs> is it, like, a big, long, pro- protracted? It's like an defense. elaborate mini game. Sort okay, of thing. yeah. And uh, but there are you don't even, skin like, the whale or anything like that. You just you like don't see that. you get it and you just automatically you, harvest you kill its stuff the whale and then like the and the joy the hooray cinematic is you hoisting yeah, exactly, the up yeah. on your ship. Oh. But uh, uh, there are like re- uh, restricted zones like in a city like there's ex- an exploring element like I, it's really a pleasure and fl- sailing around you can if you see any fucking ship you can just start a fight with them or not you know it's just, like it's do they have flags so you can tell who's who yeah. You can, yeah. Is there, like, a little UI element telling you who's who, or do you have to depend on, the, like, actually pay attention to the you flags can, and the markings? Because that'd be great if, if you actually had to kind of... You could just eyeball it and yeah. go for it, but you can use a spyglass, and by using oh, a spyglass, yeah. it'll tell you not only what what flag it flies under, it'll also tell you what level ship it is okay. and what you will get for defeating it. So, you know, it's it's really... it's I gotta say, this may be my time. Fi- the music is good. Music they is fantastic. Desmond yeah. and the meta world stuff. It's a little maybe too... Cynical is the wrong word to say, but it's a little too... On the nose, I think, the whole meta thing. So you you didn't, you missed a lot of this because I was playing. During that I went back game. and restarted the whole game from scratch. Good for you. Because yeah. that was like stuff that... Because like, I noticed it's, it's a big info dump at the beginning explaining yeah. everything that happened. Yeah. So yeah, I, I mean, d- the I whole idea know. that any DLC will actually be entertainment from Stergo and like... Oh, did you... Uh, so wait, what console are you playing that stuff on? 
PS3. Oh, did you play any of the... I don't know, I talked with uh, Maxwell Motley today about this. Did you play any of the uh, stuff of Watcher? Stuff? Yeah. I can't figure out how to get to it. Really? Yeah. Uh, on the Xbox or on the PlayStation 3 version, is it the same menu as it, as it does on the PlayStation 4 menu where it's almost like a like a fake like video game UI thing where yeah. it's like different squares of information? Yeah. Just randomly, after I got after I played so much of the game, like about an hour's worth of, of, of the main Pirate Dudes game, it just when I just when I started up the game, one of the things was like, play uh, Aveline's Mission Now. And I did, and I played See, it. I and I live because it was are. on the PlayStation 4. I live streamed the whole thing. It's only yeah. about an hour's worth of content. Yeah. And there's no plot. Yeah. Well, there's just plot as much as you're black. They're slaves. Free the slaves. Yeah. Kill every. I <laughs> killed the shit out of everybody. But it was fun. fun. And it's funny because they drop you uh, because uh, you're playing as Aveline with all of her powers and weapons stuff. Yeah. You just start off with all that stuff. Oh, that's pretty. So it's kind of like you, like that was like, even if I don't play the rest of the game, I'm like, yeah, like that was a pretty good. Just even if it was yeah. an hour long. Not to say that it's worth sixty bucks just for that one little hour sure. slice of con. Yeah. Uh, but also just playing as a lady for once yeah. in these games on a console. Yeah. That was that was nice. That was a nice little break from everything, just yeah. even right there. Yeah, I like I'm, Abilene. I'd I'm like down. to play more as her. Yeah. Well, uh, they'll come out with the Assassin's Creed Liberation HD thing in January, and you will be able to get a shot. Did they, well, is that coming out for? Is that just PlayStation Three or? Uh, I don't. I don't know. They announced the PS Three to port stuff to the PlayStation. I mean, I gotta play. Well, they're oh, totally different. I got a PlayStation Three. I'm already making That's it sound like I burned my old console. And also, it can't be hard. They're totally different. Like the PS Four is basically a PC, and the PS Three is the whole cell architecture. Well, exactly. Yeah. Blah, I'm blah. sorry if people can hear wrestling at home. I'm taking snacks. Hanegraaff snacks out of the package. So, Actually, as we are talking, I am drinking English breakfast tea really from Australia. It's really good tea. This breakfast tea is really good. It's um, Madura of Australia. I'm English not a tea, tea fan, but this is like, oh it's my really god. It's really good tea. It's kind of platonic tea tea, you know? I'm, I'm going to take Hannah's advice and eat a Tim Tam. Uh, Grumpy Turtle right now is cringing at all of this. He <laughs> specifically sent me a message this week saying, if you guys do taste testing on the podcast this week, do it offline, then come back online uh-huh. and tell us what you think. No! Grumpy Turtle, it's so sweet that you thought you could ever present Bill from making Hannah Groff spent like 50 bucks sending us all this stuff. She is going to get uh, everyone else shut off the podcast. She is going to hear our delectable size. I ate the last of my Tim Tams this Tim morning. Tim Tams are good? Really, really good. Are they coffee flavored? Um, no, it's just like a chocolate biscuit with chocolate, uh, so wait, with chocolate this... around it. Um, oh, it says biscuit. That's so funny. That's... She had recommended the way you eat a Tim Tam is you um, bite off the opposite ends of the biscuit, and then you actually um, dip one end into your liquid, and then you suck the li- and, and, uh, suck the liquid up through it. Like a penis. Like like a penis, Bill. That's correct. You bite <laughs> the end off. Oh, wait, so it some... becomes like a straw? Yeah, it basically is a straw. But it, it fills the, the biscuit with the liquid. So I did this. She had recommended to do it with milk, tea, coffee, I have or tea. whiskey as a joke. Whiskey? Did you do whiskey? I did do it with whiskey. It was amazing. First I did it with coffee, did and you... my coffee was so hot, it melted all the chocolate on my <laughs> finger, and it just became a melted Yeah, because it is just yeah, it's just chocolate cookies. That's all these are. Yeah. I had some really fancy-ass whiskey that fully got for our anniversary, mm-hmm. and I used it with that, and it was amazing. So good. So Wait, good. did you guys already do anniversary stuff? Yeah. Our anniversary was... Hold on. September 27th. Wait, what's your anniversary? Because there's multiple dates. Well, there's the day we first got... We've talked about this four times on the podcast. There's the day we first got together, which is December 5th, which is Bill's birthday. Yeah, stopping at getting together. That is not... We did not fuck thank you on December 5th. Oh, that's right. You guys just played pirates and yelled at each other from across the room. That's right, Bill. Then there's December 25th, which is when we officially started dating. But, you know, it's Christmas. So, um... 
We needed an anniversary. Was it September date the first day you met? No, that's when we got married. Oh, anniversary. I see what you're talking about. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So, yeah. You guys do celebrate multiple mm, cookies. I'm sorry, I got distracted by cookies. Isn't it good? And you got distracted by emails. Isn't it good? The Tim Tams by themselves. Okay, um... The Tim Tams are good, but they're okay, really good. Okay, I'm going to try this dip. thing with the tea. You have yeah, to come up with a delicious conversation while I try That's this. That's right. I will. Um, so, yeah, um, with whiskey, it was amazing. Bill's... Oh, I just almost inhaled tea through the cookie. Well, that, it is a straw sort of thing. Oh, you know what? This this tastes like cookie with tea on it. <laughs> it's not yeah, bad. Yeah, I didn't say... All I would, I have now, all I I would now. not do it with tea. Oh, sure. So, using the cookie straw, this is insane. Well, now, now eat your cookie, because now there's liquid in the cookie. It's a wet cookie. <laughs> if it, is your tea hot? I no, it's See, cold. There you I made, go, I made this stuff at 3 o'clock when you were supposed to show up. Oh, shush. Oh, shush. And he spent an hour apologizing for that. So now this is the point where Bill now gets passive aggressive. Oh, me, 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 me. No, actually, it's smart that this is cool, like uh, cooler, so at least it's not melting. Like I was going to say, said. the cookie is not melting in your hand. It doesn't taste bad, but it also tastes fine See, by itself. See, with coffee, it was amazing, and with whiskey, it was amazing. See, that, you know what? Well, I've got well, I've got all these Tim Tams, and i got all this tea and other stuff. I could try it with uh, different variations. Also, I have the veg i did make toast so we could try some vegemite I a bit too. i hate vegemite have you tried it before i've, I've never had it before, before. oh I'm my god good. i gotta finish this cookie and then we'll try to god, vegemite. Bill, what are you doing to your tummy is it really that bad is it super salty <laughs> yes that's good i wish i i want to take what's that soup stuff you guys introduced me to um it's just bouillon. the bouillon that's yeah. just goop it almost looks Better just like bouillon. vegemite yeah yeah i wish i could just put that spread that on <laughs> you oh. can't actually some people do really yeah oh that would be delicious Anyway, so what else? What, 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 what else? else? Uh, I got uh, so my my Kindle has sure enough become oh. a repository for um, dirty books that I don't want anyone to see that I'm reading, and I <laughs> added you have a book. Password lock? I should. I was actually thinking that the other day. I'm like, man, my Kindle is not password. Do you protected. take it out of the house? Uh, sometimes. I mean, because if you're reading on the bus, yeah. Um. Uh. Well, I don't use make the. I could make the text big enough so that people could read it behind me. Sorry, being a really snake. Awkward. Okay, Bill, you're allowed to eat this and some Vegemite, and then you're done eating in the podcast, because we have had oh enough God, people complain about it. Do we have to, should we save the dairy milk for next time? Spread the salad? Sure. We don't all have to eat everything sure. at once? Okay, we'll do that. Because Grumpy Turtle right now is I know, like, fucking. he's quit. He's, he's not listening oh, anymore. He's just fucking a keyhole. He's so angry right now with us. <laughs> so, um, uh, the, I can't even remember what I was talking about. You're talking about so your Kindle and all your smut. Oh, yeah, so I got a book. <laughs> I got a book for it. Because I just thought, just the cover made me so laugh so hard. I'm like, I gotta buy this book. It's called Going Down for the Counts. Oh, no. And it's gay With... wrestling part. I thought it was gonna be like and a vampire, guy, Count Chocula. The, the, the guy who wrote it, his name is like, you know, Bob, Boberson or something. But it's Bob Boberson writing as Cage Thunder. <laughs> and I'm like, that's amazing. Did you find this on, like, on I, Amazon? I got it on Kindle. And then I start reading the book. And I don't know how much of it I can actually read, but the um the protagonist's fight name, though his name the protagonist's name is not Bob Boberson, but the protagonist's wrestling alias is Cage Thunder. <laughs> I'm surprised they didn't do that meta thing where it's like oh, a, a book by so it's what one the guy's real name is? I, I can't remember. Uh, from the journals of Bob <laughs> Thunder, <laughs> as transcribed by Larry Davidson or whatever his name is. I was expecting a most. It's amazing. Did I ever talk about not my wolf, my wolf? What? 
No. I can't remember if it's called Not My oh, Wolf. Oh, this cookie my got wolf. really creamy, though, when it got wet in the middle. See? Oh, that so is delicious. I'm oh, sorry, Match it with milk, son. Oh, fuck milk. Yeah. yeah I'm going to have some tin tans with milk tonight. Yeah. Anyway, anyway yeah. Uh, I another book I got on Amazon... This is actually how it just occurred to me I could buy Smut on my Kindle because I was looking on, um, oh, Six Gun was a Kindle deal the day on Amazon a while ago. Yeah, I found out. So I looked at it and then they were like, well, here you can look at other Wild West comic ebooks. I'm like, of course I want to look at that. And I looked at the top 10 and number three was this book, Not My Wolf, My Wolf. Or it's called My Wolf, Not My Wolf. I can't remember which one. Is, somebody, is the but cover of someone is, stealing someone else's wolf? It is not. It is not a western at all. It's also not a graphic novel. It is graphic and then it's a novel with bone in it. And apparently there was this whole thing in e-publishing where you do basically, essentially, they're not even novellas. It's like maybe a few chapters of a book. Yeah. And then you break it up into segments. It's basically the um, Charles Dickens school of book selling. But so you'll like buy a quote unquote series of books that are actually like all one book. Yeah. So by the time you've read the whole book, you've paid like 15 bucks to do it. So, Not My Wolf, colon, My Wolf, is the first of the series, and it just fucking cracks me up. It's about, uh, it, I, I did read it all because it was, oh, it was free that day, and I was like, okay, yeah, I'm gonna download Not My Wolf, My Wolf. It's about this guy, and he's uh, a werewolf, of course, and uh, <laughs> he has his ranch with all his other werewolf friends, and they're trying to protect their territory from a rival gang of werewolves, and uh, werewolves mate for life, just like actual wolves, and he's looking for his mate, and but his mate is actually a man! And uh, he's like, no, this cannot be, but he knows that it's his mate, and his mate knows that he's his mate, and uh, they wind up mating. <laughs> That's it. That's a simple story, yeah. You should write the back blurbs for this stuff. It's the worst book. And I'm like, why don't I write (laughs) romantic fiction? Why don't I? I I want to create a werewolf book called Knott's Landing. Because... Stop, stop, stop. Stop. (laughs) You know what I'm talking about, though, right? Stop. You gonna give me a high five? Stop. No? Stop. And you don't leave me hanging. Bill, what else did you do this week? I got Tim Tams on my hands. I'm clean. Bill, what else did you do this week? (laughs) I didn't read... No. So... Stop. (laughs) Are you having a good time? Are you gonna keep on purchasing episodes of my wolf my wolf no. yeah, the first taste was free that's all i need thank you the other book i bought on Kindle is it week, better when those books are explicit it depends okay i mean it depends yeah. there's also it depends on what you're going well, i don't know how explicit they do get too because i don't well, know if there's that's like been an interesting thing during ladylike because we're reading all the premise of ladylike book club is that we're looking for harlequin style romances with lesbians that's really our goal and thesis and it's interesting because a lot of lesbian fiction is just straight up erotica. And that's not necessarily what we're looking for per se, even though, you know, I'm not gonna lie, I enjoy good ones. You're like and, for something uh, a little more narrative focused rather well, than just like boning. Yeah. Well, just like, I mean, what a romance novel is. A romance novel is about banter and characters well, don't say it yet. and it's, it's not. It's just not the bedroom stuff. Though, yeah. I mean, it can involve that, but yeah. uh, but it's interesting because, like, we just read this book, Parties in Congress, was fascinating because it was the most romance novel like. Mm-hmm. In that it was really about these two characters slowly coming together, and they barely even kiss before the end of the book, and then at the end of the book they have sex, and it's, it's a really abbreviated just like sex scene. Exactly, that, that's a metaphor for the United States. It's a really abbreviated divisions. sex scene, well, okay. and Foley and I just kind of looked at each other after reading. It's like, no, is it? <laughs> Why don't we just read two hundred fifty pages? Oh, and I was reading excerpts from Fifty Shades of Grey. Yeah, they had, like it was like in our Entertainment Weekly. Yeah. I didn't realize how fucking. It's, it's mommy erotica. It is explicit as you can without just saying fuck, pussy. It is really just like... Do they use words like bottom and quim 
and shit like that. that I think it is like where it's Shimmer, like shimmer, like turgid rock. They make you sound like a pirate trying to talk God. to somebody into sex. Yeah. You know what? This is why I want no, to be girth, f- like not rod, but like girth. Girth, I'll even like, accept stuff like that where it's. But yeah. it's like whatever. When I read these sexies, I'm like, you know what? It's a fucking vagina. It's a cunt. Like, don't say things like <laughs> like. Like, any fucking cutesy language. Like, we were reading one book, and they in- re- insisted on calling the ass the bottom. And I'm like, you don't touch a bottom Specifically erotically. The, the asshole? Like, not just, no, 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 like... No, 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 the butt region. Yeah. Bottom. Don't, if it, you don't touch a bottom erotically. I'm sorry. Can you think a bit about a baby's bottom? Yeah. You don't want to use terminology that's going to ruin you on other basic well, uses of that like, language? Yeah. you know, language is a funny thing. No, this is the, this is all stuff like... Her mound ovulated and her flaps fell out. I hope nothing ovulated. She laved. <laughs> Man, is there laving? Laving is my one thing I can't handle. Laving is that what happens when you like lave when you when word. you're washing your hands and that's the 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 sus? Technically, lave does mean to wash, but you only ever use the word lave in romance novels when you are washing some someone, usually a rigid nipple, with your tongue. Lave, is she lave? Is that consistent? Chest? That's a thing. It only I've only ever read that word in romance novels, and any time you use the wow. word lave, I'm out. <laughs> I am done. No, my favorite book that we have read, Ladylike, used the word lave, and it almost it was almost. I mean, I just love that, that that's a shorthand for something, though. That that that's it yeah. means something very specific, and you know, language you should should use very specific language, blah blah blah. But it's such a Victorian bodice ripper sort of yeah, phrase, exactly. So yeah. I'm just like, oh guys, come on. <laughs> what I'm saying is, the worst book I'll ever read will involve leaving someone's bottom, and then I'll just stop. Oh reading yeah, the butthole. Eat that butthole out. Do they actually have like people eating, eating buttholes out? Is that a thing? Is can that be it? Can that can that be hot? We've read that in a romance novel. That's one of the things, and still just yes. just space. Not even aside from romance novels, but sex stuff in general. I'm just like I don't see how you eat someone's asses out. It's, like, it's a butthole. <laughs> I mean, I'm not gonna lie. I can humans see abstractly the appeal, but it's a butthole. Human society is based on everyone going. Oh, I would never eat the ass out. It's a butthole, but secretly they're like, <laughs> if someone eat my yeah, I would, <laughs> or at least I would let someone eat my butthole. Out. As long as I don't have to kiss them out afterwards, but. Buttholes. Yeah, what people say out loud on podcasts and do in the bedroom are two entirely different things. Uh, I did masturbate while coloring My Little Pony all week. <laughs> I could not stop. Um, Dear Lord, I really hope my mom listens to this episode. By those the way. ponies aren't wearing pants. I'm just saying. <laughs> it is weird how they stop. have like perfect stop. little butts. Stop. Well, so, Bill, tell butts. me about Man of Steel, Bill. Oh, did you see Man of Steel? No, it's not good. <laughs> it's not bad. Yeah. Everyone was flipping out on Man of Steel being the worst goddamn movie ever made. Do you have you even seen any of the Superman movies? Do you even care about Superman? I saw the one that wasn't Man of Steel, Superman Returns. Oh, the last oh, where a uh, gay guy from uh, Scott Pilgrim was Superman. Is Brandon that Ralph was boring gay? as shit? I mean, that was a big thing that came out. Supposedly, people were suspecting that he was gay because he wasn't a very masculine Superman. This is a whole oh thing my that happened. God. Turn, he did come out as gay. But oh. did you know Simon Tam from Firefly is gay? For Brandon Ralph? For, for Only me, my you, everybody. Fiction. No, did you know that actor is gay? I did not know. He was a homosexual. 
I always wonder, like, who's the lady who he kissed in that show on Firefly? Who played oh, the uh, mechanic? Jewel State. I wonder how you have to feel like, oh, I, I, I have to do all these kissing and sex scenes with a gay guy. I wonder how that well, feels like. Well, I'm going to throw out there that most people who have to have any sort of lovemaking scene with any other human is got to be weird. No, no, I'm not saying it's like she should feel bad or anything like that, but it must be an interesting thing. Because I'm assuming after anything, a while you would figure it, it out, even if they don't safer. tell you. Are you kidding? No, no, I would no, feel I'm not so threatening. much. I'm not saying no, it's threatening. No, 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 no. I would say if I were that person, I would feel so much more relieved yeah. to have to do a lovemaking scene with someone who's not, a new is not attracted to well, me. Well, just because if you're, well, uh, the, the thing I was thinking about, if you're having uh, romance scenes and sex scenes with somebody who's gay... And then, inevitably, in, like, in press junkets and stuff, you're going to have conversations about, oh, do you think someone's so sexy? And, like, how, how is that ke- chemistry between you guys? He's and you have to suppress the fact that, like, he's big old no gay homosexual. It's, yeah, like, you, like, you, well, like you, you're then kind of drawn into the thing where you have, have, kind of have to protect that person's secret. And it's kind of like, it's, it's a yes, dynamic. Bill, because the press junket is a place where people bear their souls and have to very carefully watch have their thoughts. Have you seen Jennifer Lawrence? You don't give a shit. <laughs> no, but, um... <laughs> Hey, Bill, tell me about World's End. Did you see the thing where uh, Jennifer Lawrence, she went on The Daily Show? And who hosts The Daily Show? Jon Stewart. Jon Stewart was like, here's a picture. You look like a young version of this person. And he showed the person. And it looked like, I don't know, I could see what he was talking about. It looked like Jennifer Lawrence. It was like a 27-year-old Helen Mirren. Oh, yeah? Yeah, and it just turned into this whole thing. It was very silly. No, but Man of Steel, it's violent. Everyone's living out about Man of Steel is super violent. Yeah. Because, spoilers for Man of Steel, Superman breaks... Uh, General Sod's neck at the at, at, at the end, but everyone's uh, like, oh, it's just it's just a Superman movie. It's no better or worse well, than the other Superman movies. The criticism movies. that I heard is that would Superman kill someone? Yeah, because like Cause Zod is literally about to fry this whole family in this museum with his laser eyeballs, and yeah. Zod won't stop. And Superman yeah. knows if he doesn't like break his neck right there, this whole family and top of billions of people already died yeah. in Metropolis because they've been fighting and stuff. Yeah, and and like it's not like Superman's. Everyone's been like, oh, and you it doesn't even say like Superman cares. Superman's super bummed out. It's a whole like that's the whole like it's not just the action climax of the film. It's yeah. actually kind of anticlimactic because yeah. Superman, Superman's already got him down. It's not yeah. like a fight as to see who's going to win. Superman's right. obviously going to win. Yeah, but I thought it was actually. Bill, kind of you need to tell thing. me about the two most important things that I only care about in Man of Steel. One. How is Brandon Ralph or no, 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 Henry Cavill? How is Ken Henry Cavill's beard at the start? I guess this is why I'm surprised you have not seen that because <laughs> the first half of the movie, yeah. he's like, and it's funny too because it's it's unlike. Uh, well, it's funny because this is the first Superman movie that's essentially rebooting the Superman cinematic universe because mm-hmm. even that last the the gay super. I can't believe we're just calling him Gabe Ralph. What is this we stuff, Kimo-san? <laughs> I know, but I'm just... Uh, uh, Superman Returns. Even yes. that was still supposed to be an extension of like Superman 1 and 2. Yeah. This is going back. This is this is rebooting the whole... You're, you're seeing the genesis of Superman again. But instead of doing the thing where it just starts off with Superman on Krypton and blah, 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 it kind of jumps back and forth narratively, which is kind of nice because you've already seen... We know what the story is. Mm-hmm. So it's nice that it kind of mixes it up. So you get to see kind of like... A, bearded shirtless yeah see that was all I thro- he's kind of sprinkled throughout the whole film so even if, oh. even if you get bored you can still be like mm, yeah I gotta leave okay <laughs> shut up <laughs> I'd like to leave his bottom oh, uh, okay two how many what is lady what is Zod's lady sidekick thing the lady with the uh, short hair who looks like Zod yeah all I know about this movie is Henry Cavill it's good to be <laughs> what about and her? that lady looks rad oh she's Oh, well, she's, it's great because they have to save Zod for being the physical threat at the end of the movie. Right. So she's essentially the character created who ends up having to fight Superman for most Really? Of the movie. Okay, I would actually watch that. 
And uh, well, it's funny because this is, despite this being rebooting the whole Superman universe, this is largely a remake of Superman Two. Do you know, like? Mm-hmm. Yeah, do you know about Superman Two? No. Is the I one where any of the Superman's except for Man, uh, Superman Two with the original Zod, mm-hmm. and there's a short-haired, black-haired chick, and a big ape guy that come down to Earth and start fucking with Superman because they're you know they're, they're Krypton. Krypton. What are they? Kryptonites? Kryptonians. Kryptonians. This is essentially the same thing happens in Man of Steel. And they kind of got rid of the big muscle mus- muscles. Mm-hmm. You got big muscles. They got rid of the big guy, so it's really mm-hmm. just Zod and what's-her-name chick. I'm mm-hmm. sure she's, her character's even got the same name and everything like that. But yeah, she's the one who's super badass. That's funny, because like, uh, when she shows up on Earth, of course all the all the human uh, dudes are like, oh, you're a girl. We're going to beat you up. And of course she's like, eh, I'm got a secret. Oh, Bill. And just punching the shit out of the guys. really on board until you did that terrible. I want to read down the Man of Steel trailer so it's her whenever she opens her mouth. I got a secret. She sounds like itchy and scratchy. (laughs) Oh, I should be in a John Waters movie. You made my boner go up. John Waters presents. No, but she's she's the physical threat. She ends up like. Well, that's funny too because I forgot this movie's directed by Zack Snyder, who's Mm. who. um, Oh, I forgot. See, now I lost interest in it again. You've seen 300? I've seen 300 and I've seen Sucker Punch. Sucker oh, Punch is one of the worst Punch. movies I've ever seen in my life. Um, So all the all, there's some political stuff going on in Krypton. And like Zod's like threatening Superman's mom. Mm-hmm. And all that stuff is just like, who's the dude from The Wire who threatens uh, Game of Thrones <laughs> in 300? There's a whole thing. What is the same thing? <laughs> got the bad guy threatening the wife of the good guy who's off at war. Right. Uh-huh. And it's all like, oh, hello, lady Superman. Yo, yo, your husband's gone. I'm gonna fuck your world up. Literally and figuratively. And uh, that's all kind of stuff. But Oh, and also the computers on Krypton, instead of like uh, readout screens, like glowing computer screens, it's all like sculpted like sand and stone that kind of rises up and becomes sculptural things that you just hmm. look at. And it's kind of weird. A kind of interesting idea for a, like a futuristic... Society that's not just like lasers and jetpacks and stuff yeah. like that. It's kind of this tactile kind of like display stuff, which is kind of interesting. But um, but yeah. So uh, Zack Snyder, he's known for all the slow motion fight stuff. Yeah. Like all of his movies, every 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 time there's an action scene, it's always. And this is the opposite because they totally take the idea that like, if you have super people who can move at the speed of light and they fight. Of course, they're always going to be moving at the speed of light. They fight. So it's kind of like all the fight scenes are in fast forward. Yeah. So it's kind of, it looks bullshit in CGI, but at yeah. least it's the polar opposite. Of, right. Instead of like slow motion punches, it's like zip, 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 boop, 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 boop. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of like, it's like watching like a cut, like like an action scene from a video game where your character goes, boom, boom, like, yeah. like a thousand punches at one time yeah. or something like that. It, like, it's almost <laughs> like a Japanese action game in that yeah. point. But yeah, no, yeah, the That's big physical funny. threat is this like, like okay. hundred pound five foot tall so basically you're watching saying is i can watch this movie with my finger on the fast forward button and just oh, jump yeah. from bearded henry cavill to oh you can edit shit. it so they like fight and kiss and <laughs> um, 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 i'm gonna put my beard on your forehead lady um, um, um. <laughs> oh the zod looks weird because he's got a weird face he's got a little caesar hat got a hat my haircut and he's all like he's just angry at superman for all the time oh, it's man. a movie Oh man! You should read it. Go to, if you don't go I and should. if you don't. You know to... what? I'll check it out from the library. Oh! Because today I went to go run some errands and I um got I got a library card. I had a library card when I I used to live very very close to a library. I'd go to the library all the time. And I'm yeah. poor. I'd go to the library all the time. 
But uh, I let my, my, I just stopped going. I was far enough away and had other things going on. I waited long enough that they actually, like, purge you from the system if you have no activity for three years. Oh, really? So I had to go back in and, like, sign up for library card all over the game. Yeah, yeah and it's, it's, it's kind of funny. So I, maybe I'll look up Man of Steel from the Multnomah County Library System. Or I can from Amazon for five bucks. Guess Not Amazon. Oh, from I, Apple TV. Guess what's better than five dollars? Free. Free. What's well, also better than having to go to pay bus fare to go to the library? <laughs> actually, yeah, actually, two ways for bus fare would be five dollars. Well, I through my work, I get a free bus pass. Oh, okay. All it costs is time. <sighs> or our Multnomah County Library system. That's your You can library. actually you can have things mailed right to your door, and you'll oh, have I to pay media about that, rate. Yeah. So, like, I the one time, uh, the problem with our library system is that it's incredibly well used. So pretty much anything I've ever wanted to get from the library system has That's been... the thing that... I, when I first moved to Portland, I was like, oh, man, I'm going to check out that library shit. And like, everything I ever wanted was was yeah. already out. The last and the book waiting I wanted, list was like four months yeah, long. Yeah, was... You know? uh, the last book I wanted had um, 27 holds on it. <laughs> and I was like, nope. So I stopped. But uh, I was actually excited because the book I wanted to get from the library was totally available. And so yeah, I'm going to have it since. Uh, a friend of mine recommended to me a book called... The One Pound Gospel, which is a manga by the person who did, I can't remember what what more well-known manga they did, but anyway, it's about a, it's about a boxer and a nun, (laughs) and I'm like, that's all you need to say, those are two downs, I mean, I will read this comic. Wow, that's a hell of a (laughs) It's like a comedy romance thing, and I'm like, yes, I will read a comedy romance manga about a boxer and a nun. Oh, that's the other thing I did this week, I watched eight, three hours of the history of the Palace of Versailles. How did Beaton randomly tweeted a link to the first hour of this documentary yeah. on YouTube this yeah. week? And it was three hours long, and I found uh, and I learned that pretty much anyone who ever slept with uh, the king of France mm-hmm. eventually just wound up being a nun. Oh, really? They get, they just stopped long enough and enough babies. They said, fuck it, I guess I'm going to a nunnery. That's how I'm going to cleanse myself. That's well, the only of way you sin. could escape? Yeah. I mean, really? I like, Shit, man. Because if, if it's the king, you can't say no to the king if the yeah. king says, you know. Let's make this happen. I could more talk about that part. We're under the gun today. That's right, Bill. Wow. So, Bill, you tell me what else. I kind of t- shared everything that I have to say. Well, tell me about Bill, the world's Bill, end. Bill podcast. You have not. Uh, you have not seen this. No. It's good. I love. Um. I really, really, really love Edgar Wright. I don't know why I haven't seen it. It didn't seem like a lot of people want to go see it. Because, like, I remember when Hot Fuzz came out, everyone was talking about that. Mm-hmm. World's End came out, and everyone was kind of like, oh, that seems cool, but not. Yeah, it seemed like everyone kind of blew it off, though. It's on iTunes now. That's how I rented it. It's really good. I mean, Edgar Wright is a fucking solid filmmaker. It's, you know, it's he's, he's it's just, uh, Simon Pegg and, and Nick Frost, and it's the same bunch of actors and everything like that. This is interesting because this kind of flips everything on and hit, it's, it hits uh, on its head where, in the previous two films, Nick Frost was kind of like the big giant man-child. And yeah. Uh, Simon Simon Pegg was kind of the more responsible one. They flipped Mm -hmm. this and where this time Nick Frost is kind of the responsible one. Mm -hmm. And uh, Nick Frost is kind of like a totally regressive. Mm -hmm. Um, It's, I'm sure people have seen the trailers and everything know what the the thesis of the film is. So I don't explain what the plot is, but yeah, it's, and it's also kind of surprisingly dark and fucked up. And Mm -hmm. the ending was interesting enough. I was like, as soon as I finished, I went back and rewatched it again Mm. just to see, I was like, and then, you know, it's filled with all kinds of in jokes. If you watch it a couple of times, you kind of pick up on little in jokes. Well, Edgar Wright makes very dense movies. movies. It's just another one of those movies. Yeah. Yeah. Well, actually the thing that Edgar Wright does that's very impressive is he makes, to say that it's dense is wrong. It's a really layered movie, and but you don't have to delve very deep in the layers to get a good 
time. No, oh, yeah, like, you, you can, can just... totally skim across the surface of his movies and have a really fucking fun time. But if you take the time, and this is true of um, Space too, his television show. Yeah. If you take the time to dig into it, it's a really rich. Like he's got a lot of shit going on. It's always yeah. Really they enjoyable. just came out with uh, not only a Blu-ray of that movie, but they came out with a Blu-ray box set of all three movies put together mm-hmm. in a box set. Mm-hmm. I'm really cu- kind of curious to check that out because I'd love to see what the audio commentaries uh, have to say about the making of that movie. You so. know, I was waiting for The World's End to start showing at some of the um, movie pubs in town because I thought that'd be the that most appropriate. Totally, that, that movie is is made exactly to be shown to be in Portland at beer pubs. pubs. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it is. It's showing at the Academy. I'm actually going to try and drag my wife to it this week. She told you that. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. So I'm really excited because, uh, speaking of movie pubs, we talked about this a little bit a while ago. The uh, Baghdad on Hawthorne has finally finished its remodeling and will be open as a first-run movie theater. This is a beautiful vintage theater on, like, 35th and Hawthorne here in southeast Portland that uh, was um, built kind of in the advent of uh, the talkies, and it was like a vaudeville Yeah, it was theater. built, like, in, like, literally, like, 1927 or so. Like, yeah. late 20s, right when talkies were just starting, yeah. So so it has it was a performance space as well because that's you know they serve dual purposes. They have the, the big stage so, and everything like that. It's yeah. not just the screen. Yeah, the fly space of the theater is at, and the backstage of the theater is now a bar, which is great. I and, saw uh, on the website they're like, well, if you go out to the concession stand, but we also have two other places to eat. I'm like, what? Yeah, oh, no backstage idea. bar. There's a restaurant out in front. Yeah, and then the back in the fly space there is a bar. There's like a um, a pool. Let's go check that out. Yeah, bar, the backstage bar, which is beautiful. The backstage. Um, do they shut that down when the movie's playing? Because if you're watching no, the movie, you you're clack clack people playing pool. You can't hear anything. Oh, okay. It's a big fucking brick wall. <laughs> you oh, can't hear okay, a damn okay, thing. Okay. I mean, if you think I about just, it, I just picture an open space. Backstage spaces are like they're well removed from the stage, or they're well insulated from the stage, so you can do whatever the fuck you need to. Right there. But uh, anyway, uh, I'm really excited because not only did they restore the theater so that it's a, they replaced the seats to actually modern seats, they upgraded the stage, they upgraded the sound and the screen and everything like that, but they restored the theater too. It's this beautiful kind of Arabian Nights themed space. It has all these crazy murals painted on the walls and all these rich patterns and everything like that. They mm-hmm. took the time to actually restore that and light that. Because so that, that always looked nice before him, and now I can't imagine what it looks yeah. like yet. Jesus I'm super, Christ. super chuffed. But you're going to go see Hunger Games tonight. My wife and I have a date to go see Hunger Games. Did you see what they four. did, though? Because it's Hunger Games, they've jacked up the concession prices by a tenfold. <laughs> Just part of the theme. That's right. Pizza <laughs> costs $27 a slice. <laughs> see, Bill, if it were canonical, we'd have to prove our value uh, by through how entertained we are in the movie, and then people would vote over whether or not we would get food, and then balloons how would many deliver Hunger food. Hunger Games? Didn't they win the Hunger Games? They did. The whole premise of this book is that uh, in the first book... Okay. <laughs> Alright, Bill. Since you asked... <laughs> The Hunger Games, they pick youths from all these different yeah, districts. Yeah, the different districts, yeah. And they're forced to fight, and then whoever wins, they become basically these celebrities that the government parades around, and, you know, they're, they don't have to work another That you have to make it look like you're in love with the other winner, because I saw that trailer. That's part of it, yes. Yeah. Well, it adds to the drama, and it's in your best interest And then they make the you wear fire clothes. That's correct. You got it, Bill. You're done. <laughs> no, so, but, however, Katniss from the first, uh, the first movie, the way she wins, they kind of break things. Uh, and actually, Bill, there's only ever one winner, usually. Oh, that's right, because that's the whole shtick of the ending is like, yeah, the, 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 was yeah. it her and Peta? Yeah. 
fucking shit something. So something. anyway, uh, the end uh, since she fucks shit up so much and she causes so much disruption, the government decides that the best way to deal with it is to do a stage a special Hunger Games consisting only of Hunger Games winners. Oh. So it's Katniss and Peeta. So yes, it's not just random motherfuckers. She got fight by everybody. And these are all yeah. like fuck. Well, and it, it's interesting because these are theoretically they're the best. They're like the most badass badasses. Yeah. But that also, you know, there are also people who, after they won, you know, it's really fucking terrible. Isn't it like event. the 75th Hunger Games? Like, when, like, when first time she wins? So, did they have, do you have, like, a hundred years? Like, does everyone who's ever won have to be part of that fight? <laughs> so, you got, like, fucking 98-year-old guys. Like, well, my oh, point is, is that it's kidding. not entirely a fair fight. Yeah, this exactly. is true. Yeah, yeah. Well, and uh, the whole, the, the secret theme of the Hunger Games, what I love about the Hunger Games, and I know this is the most banal thing you can say about it, uh-huh. what I love about the Hunger Games is that all the shit that people get excited about the Hunger Games, the the property, the entertainment property, are all the bullshit things that people get excited about in the Hunger Games story. Because, like, oh my gosh, it's about the romance. Oh my gosh, it's about the outfits and the fighting. When that's the whole point in the book. It's, is that's that the distraction I mean, that they're Pan using to keep people M. down. It's, yeah. it's bread and circuses, that whole sort of thing. And uh, But really, this, these books are about PTSD and, like, how war fucks humans up and breaks them forever. And that's why I really loved those books. Like, I really did. Like, they're not, they're not high lit or anything. But I love that there was this kernel of PTSD. The whole point of the books is not, will Katniss pick PETA Even though that's Gale? what a lot of people were getting out of that. Well, no, but yeah. I mean, well, to be fair, the movies are tricky because the books were, we see inside Katniss his brain yeah and we that's see what i hear that... people complaining about the sequel too where it's hard to see exactly what's going on she's gonna kind of go through the motions but it's hard to understand like but that's her... it the whole point is that since you're in your he- her head you know in the first hunger games that she doesn't actually she's not in love with Peta, but she knows that by being in a relationship with Peta, she will manipulate the viewers of the hunger games and the people who are watching it who will then help them because there's this whole element of well oh well we're gonna send food or supplies to our favorite contestant of the Hunger Games. Oh, I forgot about that. Them. Yeah. So it is in their best interest to play to the um, the uh, uh, base. What happens to Katniss's sister later? I can't tell you. It's a huge spoiler. Oh, she dies. No. No. She it's be a huge she becomes spoiler. she ends up owning Peter's Bakery. It's super fucked up and great. I really the end of the Hunger Games who is super divisive. Who names her kids? Fucking, fucking Katniss. Did you see the Katniss boots are a thing now? Like everyone, all the, like that's a stereotype for white women is wearing Katniss boots. People do wear a lot of them. Yeah, that. that's not the bad. They're, they're, no, they're great, great looking boots. boots. If, yeah. if, if women are gonna suddenly start wearing lots of anything, Katniss boots is definitely yeah. not a bad idea. But in my Cora boots. No, you're, are you wearing your Cora boots? I'm wearing my Cora boots. Those are fucking great. Fucking love my well, boots. Well, actually, if your boots were higher, that would be almost kind of like just treaded uh, Katniss boots a little bit. Yeah. Brown leather boots. Whoa. Oh, well, those this are is what, not brown shit. leather at I know. all, Where's brown their boots? I have Close to admit, enough. I would buy Katniss boots. If I could find them, that would fit around my mini-gam. Yeah. You have yeah. a mini-gam? I got mini-gams. Is there a size for gams? Uh, you do. When you buy high, tall shoes, you have to be careful of the shaft dimension. I'm pretty sure is what they call it. What else? What else? Bill, you what else? You're the one with the fucking list. Oh, uh, 3D Mario World and New Zelda came out this week. Yeah. I've barely played enough of either, but Mario, uh, 3D Mario World is goddamn beautiful. I keep hearing they're really, really good. Uh, it really is good. Uh, goddamn gorgeous. Uh, Legend of Zelda is super cool, super cool. I just got to the first dungeon in that, so there's not much to say about that. But yeah, no, I was really surprised at how the music in the Zelda game was really good. But yeah, just like uh, Nintendo, despite the fact that like they've only been making HD games for less than a year, the Mario game looks... I saw cartoony. It's 
definitely it's not like they changed the art style or anything like that mm -hmm. but like the lighting model they have for everything is like really nice and just the graphic design really kind of looks like a pixar movie that you're playing mm -hmm. and, these are uh, both for the wii u correct yeah uh, no uh, uh it's for the wii u that the mario is uh, mm -hmm. the zelda is for the 3ds okay. and that kind of looks weird and plasticky because i think they were trying to do a similar kind of like rendered pixar kind of look look I don't think the 3DS can handle yeah, it, so it kind of looks just kind of fake and plasticky. Yeah. Whereas the lighting and everything is supple enough on the uh, on the uh, Mario 3D world. It is. It feels you like flashing colors. If there's like... an adjective I ever want to hear in context of Mario, it's supple. I laved it. <laughs> I'll lay that game. Oh, Princess Peach! She got a cat suit, and she's like running around meowing. All the cat. Uh, their cat suits are power ups in this Mario game. Okay. So everyone turns into a cat. Do you mean, okay, I'm like, do you mean cat suits like Emma Peeler or cat? Suits like a suit. That like, is no, like a Catwoman cat. in Batman See, Returns. Catwoman wears a cat suit. Is what's confusing. Mario does take a shit in a, in, in the dirt. <laughs> Ask for lasagna. <laughs> Toad turns into uh, into fucking Odie. Um, but yeah, it seems like a pretty cool game. Like it's it's, it's really pretty and and and. Uh, but I'll have more to say about that next one after. Yeah. Because. Uh, I went to Fred Meyer's to go pick uh, pick those games up because there was a there's a weird thing because Amazon uh, usually Nintendo games come out on a Sunday mm -hmm. so that means Amazon can never offer release date delivery for those games. Mm -hmm. uh, these two games just happen to come out on a Friday instead. Mm -hmm. There's no reason why they couldn't be a release date delivery, but everyone started to realize as Friday got closer that none of their copies of these these two Nintendo games that they had pre-ordered were being ship. shipped. Yeah. And so everyone's like, so Nintendo, despite the, like, this, there's still some issues between Amazon and Nintendo. I when, know they've historically had Yeah, they, Nintendo just, uh, Amazon just started selling uh, Wii U and 3DS hardware just this year, despite both systems being out for a little while. So mm -hmm. they've obviously had some kind of issues with each other that they, they kind of hashed out a little <laughs> bit earlier this year. Mm -hmm. But it's where these two pieces of software were not going to be shipped until Friday, which is not that big of a deal. It's a couple extra days. But if you had set aside this weekend to play those two, and yeah. this is the first time Nintendo's ever put out a new Zelda and a new Mario side by side on the same day. They're two, yeah. they're two different consoles, but that's kind of a big deal if you're a Nintendo fan. Yeah. It's kind of like a video game orgy. Right. And or so, Christmas is what it's worth. So, yeah, so there was a rash of everyone canceling their pre-orders and just buying local copies. So I went yeah. to Fred Meyers and picked up uh, mine. And while I was there, of course, it's the morning after the launch of... Well, technically it's the morning of the launch of the Xbox. They had giant stacks of Xbox Ones. Yeah. And I just got paid. Yeah. And I'm like... <laughs> I saw that and went, shit. I like that... I I have like a steady job <laughs> and a wife with a steady job and I don't own either next gen console but you what? single when you have income bill. when you got the money you that's have to true. lard up you, that's true so this is nice so like lean periods I like yeah. to have both consoles at least that's if I, their totally new game comes true. out I, I just buy the software totally I mean that's total bullshit rationalization no, at the no, same no, time no no but it's totally true but yeah so but I well then the funny thing well I was gonna lend you the PS4 tonight mm -hmm. but you're not gonna take it because you're going out to the movies well yeah also you bought both games that I have for the well, PlayStation 4 yeah. for your other I was kind of intrigued next, because consoles. I could have done Assassin's Creed 4, but as I mentioned to Bill, or as I mentioned, I think earlier, that I had played, this is technically kind of the second time I played through the first chunk of this game. Yeah, you don't want to do it I a third time. I don't want to do it a third time, yeah. especially not hard on the heels of the first two. And uh, the other game I wanted to borrow was um, Modern Warfare Ghosts, uh, but... Uh, my friend bought it and finished it, and he said the multiplayer is so bad he doesn't care, so he loaned it Yeah, to me. <laughs> I've not been impressed by the multiplayer so far. Uh, some of the, There's a great uh, couple big stages, like there's a big castle stage you're yeah. fighting around, and that's kind of cool, and it's like really big and expansive, and it looks yeah. pretty. All but my it's friends not... who are hardcore Modern Warfare fans have gone to Battlefield. Battlefield 4 is one of them. I, I know that's supposed to be more technical, and because it's more technical, there's... It, 
it doesn't so easily attract assholes mm-hmm. and like 12 year old kids even though you know you're still gonna always have that component it sounds like it, impl- but it, it, it's... it fosters more actual gameplay than assholes. well you're playing as different classes and stuff yeah. and uh it's i think the actual deathmatch is that even a mode in those games because it's it's rare that like deathmatch is a thing in those games it's all about yeah. objective based stuff right. which forces teamwork right and so like that the whole design of that multiplayer is different than call of duty whereas call of yeah. duty tends to boil down a really just everyone just kill each other exactly and whoever kills the most wins that's them. it yeah um but yeah call of duty yeah no so i bought the xbox the guy at fred Myers when i was checking i was like you're not gonna buy any games and i'm like i'll buy titanfall next year and he was just like yeah. oh he was like well we have plenty of games right now i was like i'll just buy them digitally and when i said that he kind of like that's <laughs> for a bag yeah it's eight o'clock in the morning on a friday i don't want to walk through the streets of portland big fat dopey guy i got a brand new video game system nobody has it worth it's worth five hundred dollars just please mug me <laughs> and of course i i maybe i deserve this because i was like i'm just gonna buy all my games digital not from you the guy's like oh, we don't have no bags get the fuck out of here well no they don't have bags big enough for he them. said that the quote-unquote we don't believe in plastic no no no, no. the city of portland it was the most portlandy kind of thing no but then give me a fucking burlap sack it's a fucking 600 dollars, 500 dollars console they don't have bill it's a grocery store think of the size of a grocery store bag the, the city of portland does not allow businesses to give out plastic bags do anymore. you want to uh, buy you want to go have these on cable you get it like on mondays and tuesdays <laughs> and thursdays and we can share the xbox one no because supposedly all the reviews like the i was surprised i've only messed around with the xbox one a little bit because we're recording i've only had the xbox in my possession for less than 24 hours as we're recording this i was really surprised at how well the connect stuff works uh dylan was here when i set, set it up yesterday for the first time she got freaked out because the moment i turned it on it recognized her face not that who she is but yeah. it recognized like it that saw that it was a human even when she was hiding away, she was, like, hiding under the table and stuff. It would still track her. Yeah. Because I guess it's not just doing 2D visual yeah. searching, but it's, uh, I guess it floods the room with, uh, uh, what's IR stuff? What's the, not infrared? iridescent, infrared. Yeah. And so it can calculate stuff in space, too. So it's not just judging what what's in the path of its line sight, but, like. Interesting. And so it could track her as she was hiding and covering up parts of her face. And she got really freaked out when she <laughs> left. <laughs> um, yeah, she was not down with that at all. Um, yeah, just, I mean, that stuff is all But cool. it tracks me, big fat dopey guy. It actually tracks me just fine. You, uh, uh, you can turn on just by saying, hey, Xbox, turn on, and it just turns itself. Uh, you, you're more used to this because you yeah. were using your Kinect voice The extent of what I, I use my Kinect frequently, but here's what I do. I turn on my Xbox, I go into the kitchen to get water or something or a snack, and then after it powers up, I say, Xbox, play disc, and then I sit down to play my game. See, this is all new. This is, so this the, is actually the same the stuff you've been doing, yeah. So I, I use it for that, and then when I watch Netflix, I'll say, Xbox, next episode. And that, okay. literally, those two commands are all I use my Connect for, and anything else is garbage. That's why the one thing I was thinking about how it might be nice for to use the Xbox as a blue Blu-ray player for now because I don't even mm. have to pick up anything. I just say yeah. Well, does so what bothered me, what kind of was pain in my ass for the um, Xbox, uh, whenever I would use a DVD, I was like, oh great, I'll use my Connect. It the voice commands did not work for DVD. Oh, this works for Blu-ray, so or at least for nice. Blu-ray. That's what I was trying that's to nice. think. Well, I with, imagine with the difference little... is it's baked in, like it's baked yeah, in around. Yeah, this is a different Connect. thing. It's it, it, this system really is built around that connection. Yeah. Um, and who knows how well it works with like TVs, cable integration and stuff. But like at least from a layman's point, like I've got this tiny basement room mm-hmm. uh, where the original Connect, uh, like the uh, the Star Wars 360 I bought a couple years ago. The Connect that came with that never worked down here. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I like after I hooked it up the first time and saw it didn't work, I never even hooked it back up again. But like yeah. this this in this tiny little environment, everything worked fine. Mm-hmm. They, and this is actually one of the worst imagined uh, scenarios possible for the Connect mm-hmm. to work because it's a small room that's yeah. poorly lit, big fat dopey blob shaped guy <laughs> trying to use it. 
and still registers me and has no problem seeing me and stuff. It's 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 at least that part of the system seems pretty well designed. Yeah. Just needs some have uh, some fucking games. Controller still feels feels fucked up to me because the the yeah. shoulder buttons are too narrow. Eh, it's a whole thing, but that's that's neither here or there. What else? What else? Oh, Bill, Doctor Who. I was gonna say, Bill, tell me about Doctor. As Who. we are recording, it is Saturday, September eighth, two thousand nine. Mm-hmm. No, it is November twenty third, two thousand thirteen, at eleven fifty a.m. This morning was the fiftieth anniversary of the airing of the first Doctor Who serial ever on an Earthly Child. Yeah. Uh, to commemorate that event, the BBC broadcast a fiftieth anniversary special called "The Day of the Doctor." It was actually pretty good. Was it? Yeah, it was cute. I got to watch it live Aww. online on the internet with internet tricks. Um, Aww. it was very cute. You got to see all kinds of, I, I, well, you don't even care about it. They had all 13 doctors cause there's 13 doctors now. Spoilers mm-hmm. for the day of the doctor. Yes. Peter Capaldi, the new doctor shows up. You see one shot of his face. Oh really? And that's there's, it? Well, all the doctors from all the, the doctor's previous regeneration show up to help with this problem. Uh-huh. And they're like, Oh my God, all 12 doctors are here. And the other guy's like, no, all 13. And you see him one, what? he's flying in with his TARDIS. Wait, did all the doctors show up? Not like, well, yeah, they all show up in the thing. Obviously, most of them are dead, so it's like archive yeah. footage and stuff. But it's insinuation, insinuation they're all 12 of them are working together. Well, technically, all 13 of them are working together. Mm-hmm. I was super bummed because Christopher Eccleston, mm-hmm. they have a moment where the doctor before him starts turning into Christopher Eccleston, and they have yeah. to cut it away because Christopher no. Eccleston still wouldn't show up for that shit. Oh my god, I just want to say Christopher Eccleston. Poor Bill. Saying, what were you doing that day that was so special? <laughs> it's Doctor Who. Who gives a shit? I will pay you money. Come on. <laughs> god damn. Oh, November's almost over. I gotta cut this shit. Uh-huh. Oh, man, I look shaggy. Yeah, Bill, because you're doing it for a moment. <laughs> I love breast cancer. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. So, no, there was that. And also, the other thing that came out this week was as a companion piece to this mm-hmm. Doctor Who anniversary special. Uh, they also put out a 90-minute feature-length uh not a documentary, but like dramatization of how Doctor Who, the first episode was made, how the oh, series really? was. Oh, really? It's a dramatization? Was... Yeah, BBC. Yeah, huh. it's, and that's actually just as interesting as anything else because you have uh, Who's Filch? Harry Potter. Oh, um. That old dude. Yeah. He's also Walter Frey. Yeah. Fuck that guy. Yeah. He's also the mumbly uh, farmer from Hot Fuzz. And he's also in The World's End. Yeah. Oh, is he good? Yeah, shows up. Oh, like I said, it's that whole cast and crew again. Anyway. Um, he shows up. He, um, it's, because it's about the, uh, the, the, how Doctor Who began as a TV series, mm-hmm. he plays the guy who played the first Doctor. Aww. And so it's all, in the first half of the, first half of the movie is about Verity Lambert, who was the uh, BBC's first female producer ever. Mm-hmm. And her first job at the BBC was to produce Doctor Who. Huh. And so it's all about her having to wrestle with sexism right. and all this crazy shit, trying to put this fucked up crazy show together for like, like with a budget of $5. Right. Um, and uh, her boss is Brian, was it Brian Cox? Oh yeah, yeah. I yeah, the Brian big guy. Cox. Yeah. He's uh, Wolverine's dad. Yes. Wolverine. He spends dad. the whole movie just saying, you gotta make me some Doctor Who. That's kind of what he does, yeah. to be fair. <laughs> I know, I mean, he's not, he's he's not he's just doesn't He just shows up, oh, I'm gonna Brian Cox and yell at you. And have I wish it was eyebrows. Brian Blessed. That would have yeah. been better. <laughs> so, but also the lady got, they got to play Verity Lambert. She actually showed up in an episode of the, she was actually in an episode of Doctor Who last year. Oh, yeah? She's super cute. She's like, she's husband number one. <laughs> How you doing? <laughs> um... <laughs> Why would she show up with Doctor Who last year? I'm like, hey, how you doing? I'm going to go time travel to meet you. And then just shows up as this female character. Yeah. And she's actually, like, 
She says like a cool actress and she's also pretty and I'm uh-huh. like, I love you. Yeah, I want to kiss uh-huh. you, lady who made Doctor Who. But anyway, so in real life, she left Doctor Who after just a year or two after it started. And so it, the focus of the TV movie kind of abruptly sh- uh, shifts from her to being about um, the guy, what's his name, Filch, yeah. pre- playing um, the first Doctor, guy, the guy who played the first Doctor, about his decision to also leave the show too because he was getting old. So it's kind of sad and dramatic when he realizes he's like losing his memory and can't remember his lines. He's like, like I have to quit this job. It's, it's, it's schmaltzy. Right. And goofy. Right. The most ridiculous thing though, the last five minutes of the movie. It's, it's, it's Filch's, he's on his last day of uh, filming. Scabbers. <laughs> who's who's the blood-eyed cat that he, he's he's the slave to? It's nowhere to be found. <laughs> this is fucked up because I yeah I make a reference to a reference and I'm actually even quoting it incorrectly. Wizard people, dear reader, what does he call the cat? Filch's cat that he runs around with. I cannot remember. Is it Stinkums or something like that? Continue, Bill. Anyway, so so it's 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 William Hartnell. He's filming his last day of Doctor Whoever. He's essentially about to film his death scene. And he starts getting all like, oh, remembering all the good times I had filming this Doctor Who. This is going to be my last acting job ever. It's so sad. And he's then like, he's like flicking all the switches on the console of the TARDIS for the last time. He's getting really sad about like, oh, maybe the show will live on someday and other people will play the Doctor too. It'll be a great thing. And then he looks over. Matt Smith is looking at him. It's Matt Smith as the Doctor. Just like, man, what's up? Give me a call sometime. I'll future you. And like, it doesn't break the fourth wall. It breaks, like, the ninth wall. But you're like, you know what? It's a fictional character. This is supposed to be around real people. And suddenly, he, Matt Smith's only in the thing for one shot, and then he disappears, and it's empty space. But still, like, what the hell was that? It's almost like the BBC reminding you, like, hey, by the way, we got this real doctor. We got this other actual 50th anniversary shit. You're like, I don't know. Uh, but so it was a cute little thing. It's schmaltzy, but... Oh, Doctor Who. Doctor Who's so goddamn so. It was a very cute special. Peter called the show for 10 seconds. It was a nice weekend of stupid shit. I'm glad you enjoyed it. And all the other things too, they they came out with the new Doctor Who book, uh, Doctor Who Vault. Man, we are really pressed for time because you got to be out here in less than 45 minutes. Uh, I'm going to shut up and we're going to come back and do the geek review. All right, friends. Woo! Uh. Show me the way to the next whiskey bar. So, uh, a, a, a teaser website went up this week. What's it called? You have the, the Survivor2299.com? It's a radio broadcast. It's a little website with a radio broadcast uh, sending out a transmission that's counting down to December 11th. Which is the VGAs, right? No, it's a couple days after the VGAs, weirdly oh. enough. I wonder if they're going to have a teaser for like a release date at the Maybe. VGAs. Uh, uh, for people to know, the video game awards are actually called it's the Vaginas. It's VGX. It's what it's now. Oh, they changed the name. I, my joke is because they changed the name of that because all the other 10-year-old award shows were teasing them for the VGA sounding like the Vaginas. <laughs> oh, is it their 10th anniversary? Is that yeah, why it's VGX? Yeah, this is the 10th year. Yeah. Oh, oh. I forgot. So, we can talk about that after Any, the podcast. Well, yeah. Uh, but yeah, um... Yeah, so, yeah. And that's happening in two weeks? 
<laughs> and that's only interesting because yeah, because of all the crazy te- teaser stuff. That's <laughs> that's gonna justify me owning a PlayStation Four and Xbox. <laughs> that is like, oh my god, the trailers. But yeah, it sounds like Fallout Four maybe uh, being announced. <laughs> what do you? I'm assuming it's gonna be Bethesda. I'm assuming it's gonna be. What would you want it to be about? I would want it to be a a a, a co-op multiplayer game. That is what I want. I want it to be an online. I want to be able to do Fallout game with a friend. That is what I want more than anything. I don't want massively multiplayer. I don't, even though that's coming. You're essentially talking about Borderlands at that point, because it's like kind of role-playing. Sure. St- uh, weapons are stat-based. A more narrative-based RPG Borderlands. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I wonder if they could do that, because they're doing that with uh, Destiny. I wonder... I don't know if you could... Well, I guess the whole VAT system would break everything, unless we're somehow turn This narrative would be hard to pull off, because if you have... Well, apparently... I mean, Knights of the Old Republic... Or, excuse me. The Old Republic was a narrative-based MMO. That's true, too. But, yes, yeah, so, I mean... I, I, something tells me you're not going to get that, because it's so much easier to put together mm-hmm. a single player, especially with all that content and everything like that. Yeah. Um, oh, God. But that's what I want. Vegemite isn't terrible, but it is potent. <laughs> it's, it is like eating a delicious foot. <laughs> uh, this is like a foot fat. Like, it really is like, mm, this is delicious, but it's also a foot. Like uh, This has been like in socks. Well, I'm going to go to thesurvivor2299.com. Oh, Hannah Groff, you're the best. And corm, comb through this the source data and try to find anything. Oh, man, the snakes out. are good. <laughs> I got, I got, I got to steal one more snake. Okay, what's the next thing? I gotta stop. I gotta think about Fallout Four for just like more. Fallout. God damn Fallout! I'm so ready for another Fallout game. Fucking Fallout. You know we're probably gonna get news about Uncharted and Fallout. <laughs> Mass Effect. I'm gonna just start weeping. I, this, I like how next gen is shaping up to be just all the greatest hits of previous gen. It's I, gonna be all the fours I crave. Yeah, Uncharted exactly, yeah. Four, Mass Effect Four. And Fallout 4. Petty 4s. <laughs> okay, hold on. <laughs> Annie is creaming herself things. right Those now. Those three things, I can't even joke about it. Cause oh, man. Okay. Um, <laughs> hey, I love you. Telltale's next game is rumored to be Game of Thrones. So where exactly did this rumor come from? I think it was just IGN saying, somebody told us. And, and oh, I, Telltale okay. is doing nothing to dissuade this. With that in itself, it well, usually tends to be like passive-aggressive confirmation. Because if they're the, not going to come and say no. The like the lead dudes at Telltale had done an AMA on Reddit. And they had said, we're working on a licensed property that's basically a dream property. And that that's was like right. a couple months ago. So, I mean, Game of Thrones, when you think about it, would be perfect for the I wonder if it would model. be based... I'm assuming this would be licensed based off the TV show. Because they could still do Game of Thrones. It would be A Song of Ice and Fire could be based off the books. But that would be disappointing to people. Because a Game of Thrones, where so many people is now those characters in that world... They could... If you, if you have that game... Let's put it this way. If you have that game and it's not... Da, 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 everyone's going to go... Eh. I don't know, man. I mean, think of The Walking Dead. People think of The Walking Dead and they think of the. No, I'm just TV saying on the surface show. level, it could still be a great game. And no, 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 and no I'm the Walking The Dead... Walking Dead was based on the comic, not the more popular TV show. That was my counterpoint. Yeah, sure, too. I don't know. I'm, I'm just saying. That's my devil's advocating. But people would still want to see, like, Tyrion and. Did I you? Don't know. Well, you can still have these characters. Do you want Tyrion that looks like actually like a. They can't afford. A rear dwarf with a cut off nose? Dude, they can't afford likenesses. Likeness mm. rights. That is way too much fucking money. This is Telltale Games. They got Grandma Ben's likeness. Yeah. <laughs> now they're just going to recycle everything from the Bone game. 
No, but that's kind of... Uh, well, I guess... I wonder if that's going to be something else. Did that, you, you know, that's probably some VGA shit. Did you see the joke that I... The joke thing I retweeted that was what people think... Uh, well, like, this one person's thesis of what the uh, Game of Thrones game would be. And it's that... It's a screenshot of um, what's his butt about to push Bran out the window and it's tap <laughs> button to push Bran. <laughs> Got the neck right there. <laughs> well, also, jo- Joffrey face slapping it. There we go. Oh, man. I would play the fuck out of that minigame. Dro- would you play the Call Drogo sex game? Yes. <laughs> Have you seen Jason Momoa? Yes. Bill, have you noticed the kind of boys that I get excited about? I of would course. probably play that sex game. I would be bending over. <laughs> on, the fucking, on the fucking, like, cliff looking over the ocean. Our sweet, rapey honeymoon. <laughs> oh. oh, God. Terry Gilliam's last attempt to make a Don Quixote No film. real details. He just came out and said he's. this is, like, his seventh attempt to try to make a Don Quixote, and he's going to do it. He, if anything, he's lost kind of power and influence in Hollywood since then, so I don't yeah. know. What was Terry Gilliam's last movie? He had something called Tideland a couple years ago, which no oh, one heard yeah. about, no one saw. Was that That's the one that saying. had Heath Ledger in it? And he... No, 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 that was before He's that. He's done a couple things. He did the brothers... Dr. Parnassus's... Yeah, Dr. Brothers. Parnassus's uh, some of his office. He did um, fucking The Brothers Grimm. Oh, he did... Uh, he's so done, like, every movie he's done in the last, like, ten years, no one's seen, no one's given Has he made a relevant movie since 12 Monkeys? Probably, man, that was 20 years ago, too. Shit. No, that's what I'm saying. So I'm kind of curious. And not that Don Quixote should be that expensive, but, like, knowing how, like, much energy and money he invested with sets and costumes, it's never just yeah. simple. He's not no. just going to go out in the desert and film an old guy on a horse. It's going to yeah. be, like, some kind of crazy special horse and crazy armor and shit like that. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I don't nice. know. That's I was uh, I was flipping through Netflix the other day, and I saw they had Monty Python and the Meaning of Life on there. Mm-hmm. You don't care about Monty Python, right? Um, I was a theater not kid. Not hate them. But did you ever see that movie in particular? I have not seen that one. The only one I've seen... I've seen a lot of the TV show and, um, of course, uh, Holy Grail. Yeah. I think well, that's it. I, oh, and uh, now for something completely different. I was just saying, I was, I was like Monty Python, but I was never like a huge, huge like devoted fan or anything yeah. like that. And I forgot that like the meaning of life starts off with a Terry Gilliam short film about all these bankers becoming pirates. Old oh, banker yeah? dudes. Like, they're everyone's in, in their 60s and 70s. They're fighting my, Max Hedgeroom. <laughs> In these boardrooms, all this pirate shit. I forgot that was like a Terry Gilliam movie that got me thinking, man, I would, I would kill to see another good Terry Gilliam yeah, movie. I mean, we, this news just came yeah. out. But yeah, because he did some great... And it's all like the opposite of CG, where everything's super exactly. practical. Yeah. And models and puppets and weird mm-hmm. shit. And you get the feeling that even now, um, unless it was a cost-saving measure that would help guarantee the movie get made, he probably wouldn't use CGI now anyway, just because he's so in love with like kind of the practical effects and yeah. the animation and stuff. I mean, and, he was an animator, so that's God, his yeah. If you give him... Like twenty-five million dollars just to do some kind of stupid, very cool little new fantasy movie. I mean, I guess maybe that's also maybe. I mean, he did Parnassus, and that sounds kind of funky and stupid. But uh, I still cracks me up that um, J.K. Rowling really wanted Terry Gilliam I to do her. No, and you're the one who says you would be a terrible choice. I'm like, Terry would have been terrible. Terry Gilliam is not a good storyteller. Uh, not that Chris Columbus was amazing. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Fucking Home Alone. <laughs> I'd rather take Fisher King over Home Alone. Fair enough. Ugh, Tim Fair Tams. Enough. Everybody, Tim Tam. <laughs> uh, we are, man. We're we're gonna have to do the second half of this taste. I, like again, I, I am uh, drinking this tea, eating the Tim Tams. The Vegemite is interesting. <laughs> it's not as bad as people have made it sound, <laughs> which makes me feel kind of like maybe I am part communist. <laughs> there you go, Bill. Oh. A shitty sequel to It's a Wonderful Life is supposed to be in the works, titled The Rest of the Story. What a compelling title that is. And as is. soon as that got announced, Paramount put out a release saying, these guys have not talked, about, talked to us about the rights because 
Uh, whoever's putting together the financing for this uh, pseudo-sequel, they came out and said, oh, this is public domain, so we can pretty much do whatever we want. And then Paramount came out and said, it's not public domain. I don't know how Paramount wound up getting the Yeah, it was back. for a while in public domain. I think it was something they bought, like, Turner Television or so, so, something happened back in the 80s. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, that's not you can't fuck around with, with, with that shit anymore. Um, but, yeah, it was going to be It's a Wonderful Life 2, the rest of the story. It was going to be about... Is that one of those movies you've never seen before that I made you watch? Yeah, I only watched it recently within the last couple of years. Uh, it's about uh, Jimmy Stewart's grandson, who's now grumpy and hates Christmas or something like that. It was like the most, what? like... It sounds like from the producers of Smurfs. <laughs> Come. The rest of the story. That's so much more interesting than the original story that people want. I just... So it sounds like that's not going to happen. Hmm. But it was announced, and of course everyone flipped out. But that sounds like a fucking terrible idea. Yeah. It is a terrible... Even if it, even if it was Terry... If it was directed by Terry Gilliam... <laughs> Written by William Goldman. Edited by Sally Menke. I would say written by William Goldman about 35 years ago. <laughs> Have you sent me an email lately going, where's that Princess Bride 2, motherfucker? What's this Fezzik Dies bullshit? <laughs> Fuck with me. Wasn't that like the, shouldn't it be like the 45th anniversary of that shit now? I think so. You know, just recently I was looking up the Like a decade Wikipedia ago we were talking about, the... it should be the 40th anniversary soon. Yeah, so, yeah. man. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, uh, the death of Diane Disney Miller. Who died? Um, she was Walt Disney's only child. Oh, really? Yeah. I didn't even know he had a child. Flowers in the attic, man. Flowers in the attic. I don't even know what that means. All I know that book. <laughs> all I know is <laughs> all I know about that book is it's about a lady who hides her kids in an attic. <laughs> For most of their lives. So they finally, what happens? They finally open up the Disney vaults. <laughs> oh my god! And there's just a skeleton in there. It's like, well, I guess Diane Disney Miller Well, she looks like she's survived on copies of Bambi on VHS until 2005. <laughs> well, she has like rickets and shit because lack of oh nutrition. <laughs> no, she, it's funny because we're talking about a dead lady. <laughs> God damn. Who gives a shit? She was rich. She was Walt Disney granddaughter. She, I don't think she had to like live, use her feet for the last 50 years of her life. She's like 98 years old. She's dead. That's the last living Disney. I was gonna. I was about to say. Of that immediate Roy, Disney family. Yeah. And, yeah. And now Diane. Her be... husband was mm-hmm. the guy who said, hey, you know what's a good idea? Tron. Oh, really? Because the idea, because like she, like she was Walt Disney's only kid. Mm-hmm. Walt Disney really wanted a son to hand off the whole Disney empire to, but right. that never happened because whatever. He only stuffed his wife once and made a baby <laughs> and have vagina. Uh, <laughs> what Disney only stuffed that once because he did not. He, he also like you did not like the valve or va- vla- oh, what are we calling it? Lave. Laved. L a v e. He's like, honey, don't make me leave. No. I'm going to I'm gonna put a baby in you in this once, and that's it. It better be a boy. And he's like, no, it's not Diane Disney Miller. Why you come out? You went into the Disney vault. That's how we punished her. The secret is terrible. No, and so, what the hell were we talking about? The death of a Diane Disney Miller. Oh, no. So her then, husband made her on So happen. she went to college, and she got, like, she's like, man, this high, because she's a super smart lady. She's like, this high school football guy, we're going to get married, and he's going to be the future leader of Disney. And he didn't last too long. His name was Ron Miller, and he was the guy who was like, "Man, Latron sounds like a good idea. Black Hole sounds like a good idea. Black Cauldron." You can see that his era did not last too long. (laughs) 
Essentially, when he got booted out was when they did Little Mermaid, and that's yeah. actually when Disney had its big thing. Yeah. But yeah, because he was the guy who greenlit uh, Tron, who was known as Tron Miller. Oh! oh Disney Studio Insider jokes. Waka, mm-hmm. waka, waka. So she did. Okay. She died of a fall, too, so it's actually not funny that we're oh, making fun of her. No. But she fell from a golden house. <laughs> Jason Statham called for Best Stunt Actor Oscar. I forgot to research this, so I don't know what exactly that is, unless well, it's really him just saying, which is a good idea. The, Especially in these days idea. when stunt guys tend to have their faces digitally erased and made, yeah. made up. Like, they're getting less recognition than ever these days. Mm-hmm. That's a good idea. If uh, A really good documentary is... Um... Uh, Double Double Dare, which uh, we like, I, I like because it's about the rise of Zoe Bell, who's one of my favorite stunt women. But it's also about the kind of the fall of Jeannie Epper, who was a stunt woman for like Wonder Woman for Linda Carver and stuff. But she's still a working stunt woman, and it talks about how um, specifically stunt women are under acknowledged. Yeah, it's, it's, but is that still on Netflix? I can't remember how we watched that. Uh, I, I own it on DVD. Okay, I that's, bought yeah. it on DVD a while ago. But it's uh, it's a really good documentary, but it also kind of, though it's focusing about women in particular, it really just focuses on the fact that stunt women... So well, she's from a stunt family more. and everything, too. Yeah, it's, yeah it's, some it's... people are kind of just like, you know, they destroy their bodies and they never get Do you think of all the movies that have been made because stunt people like, en masse have just ground themselves up yeah. to get those movies made. Exactly. Any kind of action movie you've ever seen, mm-hmm. fuck. And that's that's not a bad idea. And who wouldn't want to watch that part of the Oscars where they're showing the recaps for best Well, they also had uh, one of the big stunt guys just died, like, two weeks ago. God, I forget his fucking name, but he was, like, the guy who directed the Cannonball Run, and he was he was a stunt guy who became a film director, and, of course, mm-hmm. the movies he made were all very stunt-filled big things. Which is the funny thing, because, yeah. like, the era of the stunt guy, as we kind of think of it, is kind of over, because most stunt guys... I mean, there's live stunts in, in, on, on film sets and stuff, but, like, half as often as stunt guys are dressed in green, ping-pong balls, yeah. waiting for them to have their faces... Or at least, The faces like, of celebrities CGI'd onto them or stuff. It's yeah. a little bit different. It's a different thing than it was, like, in the 70s, when yeah. well, stunt also, films were the big, big thing. And also, nowadays, like, if you're a stunt person, it's it's got to be safer to do it. Yeah, because that's what I'm saying, yeah. you can have wires and shit that'll make, that they can digitally... Remove. You're no longer just a guy in a car filled with gasoline rolling it down a hill hoping you make it out okay. It's a little bit of a different thing, yeah. Yep. And a lot of the, a lot of the more dangerous stunts can just be done through CGI these yep. days too. So, but still, but that would be it. Would still would not be a bad idea if they could retroactively hand out a couple Oscars to people in the past, like this guy who just died. I can't remember his name because he never got an Oscar, and all I care about is Oscar winner. <laughs> That's why. What's that movie from <sighs> Quentin Tarantino about the people who eat, who eat the racist milkshakes? I don't remember what that is, but Forrest Gump. That won the Oscar. That's all I can remember. Matt Smith is rumored to audition for a role in the next Star Wars. Yeah, it's a rumor. Uh, but it's being filmed in England. He's in England. He's trying to be a movie star. <laughs> Logic. Yeah. I can see it. He's I don't know what the hell he play. I believe Matt Smith is a Jedi. Like, as, an, as, like a, as like I can a, see that. You know, like a Jedi wise guy. And if, not is he, like... he might be playing Ghostface, the alien. <laughs> good alien if you put him with some prosthetics actually he would be an amazing alien because he's kind of a weird looking tall yeah, kind dude of gangly yeah. And like yeah he's got that kind of thing going on no that would i love to see that yeah i mean he's british and if he keeps his accent that which would pretty mean he would be an evil imperial officer because all the he'd be good at that too all the english guys in star wars movies yeah. are all, they're, they're either jedi masters or they're imperial officers exactly yeah, so but that would be kind of yeah either way they're high ranking yeah yeah which, oh, it's funny because, like, his Amy Pond went off and now she's some green bald lady. And <laughs> on whatever's that movie coming out? Masters of oh, the Universe. Did you see Parks and Recreation this week? 
Last no, I'm behind. Yeah. Spoiler, shit happened. I know, Foley told me what happened. We won't talk about it because I haven't seen it yet. And I don't want to too much That's more. like the live action Legend of Korra where shit went down this week. <laughs> I really need to go back. Foley said they weren't great episodes, but the stuff that happened Hulu, was though, great. Yeah. Do you well, still I mean, have Hulu? I, no. But we, uh, well, I have a season pass for Parks and Rec on iTunes. Oh, okay. So. Yeah. Uh, the return of MST3K's Turkey Day. Uh, yeah, uh, Joel Robinson, the original host and creator of Mystery Science Theater, he announced that this, this Thursday, actually... Um, he's gonna do, he's gonna be showing a whole bunch of, uh, Mystery Science Theater 3000 episodes online mm. with lo- new, uh, hosting segments between each, uh, each episode. Oh, really? Which is only a big deal because this is, uh, Mystery Science Theater started off as a Thanksgiving marathon of movies that got turned into, that be- eventually became a TV show. And it was always a Mystery Science Theater tradition afterwards that every tur- every Thanksgiving they would have a Turkey Day marathon of episodes of Mystery Science Theater with specially produced segments between the, uh, the films and stuff like that. Of course, they haven't d- done that since the, the series got canceled like 10 years ago, 10, right. 15 years ago now. Right. But yeah, they're going to do it online. That's adorable. With the guy who originally created the show. He hasn't had anything to do with Mystery Science Theater say, since he yeah. left the show 20 years ago. Yeah. He, like, I, so, yeah. Uh, this far, this Thursday is going to be the 25th anniversary of the show starting. Yeah. And he was only around for the first, like, five years, so it's been 20 so years. So is it the other guys, or is it just him? Uh, that's a good What We'll find out. Yeah. Uh... But yeah, Um. so I have gone out of my way to intentionally reject all other offers of Thanksgiving. <laughs> oh, that's right. Gr- Grumpy it? Turtle invited me. I had something else I had to reject. There was supposed to be... Ah. Yeah. So I had to reject... There was, yeah. Grumpy Turtle invited me to Thanksgiving, too. I thought something else was going to happen. So I had to turn down his offer, but then yeah. the, then I learned about the Mystery Science Theater 3000 thing, so and I'm like, I'm going to send him an email back saying, you know what, things have changed, and Thanksgiving Day could be back on. I don't know if anyone wants to put up with me just, like, staring at the computer all day doing Mystery Science. <laughs> I've already bought a turkey and stuff for myself, so I'm going to have Mystery Science Theater. I haven't thought this was such a huge thing in my childhood. Yeah. yeah. Mystery Science Theater turkey stuff. Man, I'm excited about Thanksgiving this year. Oh, what are you guys doing? Um, Our friends Kelly and Josie and Carla... And her gentleman friend are going to come over to our house. Foley has a thing that we call a lunch lady Thanksgiving. where um, Oh, she, yeah, you told me about this Yeah, which basically shredded turkey breast served in gravy. And you just got to pour no. that over Foley's sinful mashed potatoes. And we make green beans and onions. And it's just going to be fucking good. We're going to get a pie sampler from the Pacific Pie Company. Yeah. Um, apple, pumpkin, chocolate bourbon... Uh, can't remember uh, chocolate cream and another one that sounded amazing. We're gonna have like basically thirty tiny pies, and everybody can have as many as they want. It's gonna be fucking good. Oh, that does sound good. It's gonna be rad. See, I'm gonna make a butterball turkey. Mm-hmm. Oh, man, it's gonna be fucking good. It's it's like yeah, Thanksgiving is always a great time. Yeah, yeah I love Thanksgiving. Fantastic. It's good stuff. Um, the Legend of Korra book three is going to be called Change. Yeah, we already talked about that. Yeah, and so this week we touched on a little bit. We have. We have exactly 20 minutes to talk about this before Annie turns into a, a pumpkin. Uh, the Spike VGA nominees were announced. So let's talk about it. Should we do this now or save it for next week? We can we really have, talk about it. We have it. tons of time to talk about it. Okay. We have 20 minutes. I don't know if you had to be at the theater at 6 or at leave no. the house by 6. No, the movie starts at 7. Oh, I've okay. got time. Okay, I'm just saying. saying. Game of the Year nominees are Bioshock Infinite. Grand Theft Auto V, Super Mario 3D World, The Last of Us, and Tomb Raider. What do you think? This is interesting because this is one of the first years where I've played almost all the games. The only one of these I haven't played was Super Mario 3D World. That's yeah. good. I mean, uh, that's... Actually, uh, of all the games right now, I would say that it's that's probably the best video game, whereas The Last of Us is the best, essentially, a movie I played this year. Mm-hmm. Which is it's kind, of, it's kind of a weird, arbitrary dis- uh, distinction to make, but... 
See, I, I, I have to go with Last of Us. Last of Us, I enjoyed the I gameplay. I think that's what everyone's going to be choosing this year. I enjoyed yeah. all aspects of it, and it's just stuck with me. I think about Lost Last of Us every day. The funny thing is, Last of Us, the gameplay isn't necessarily that newer. It's it's essentially just Uncharted's kind of slowed down with less, like... It's an evolution of a, of an established gameplay, but it was there was enough of a mix and a blend of how it was presented. And the character stuff. I like stuff. the st- stealth mechanics they added. I don't know. I think I think they, they, they kind of, like perfected the naughty dog formula with that one and those characters and that setting just has stuck with under my teeth it's yeah so bioshock infinite <laughs> really not even gonna give him think of a single thought or anything no or... Okay. i mean bios but that's the difference like last of us has just stuck to my ribs and i think about i'm not kidding i think about last of us every day i have not thought about bioshock infinite since i finished it looking back most people like i said whenever i think about game of the year stuff or best game event or pretty much best anything mm-hmm. when it comes to year-end stuff when i hear other people talk about that stuff when i reflect on what i would consider to be the best of anything i ingested that year i always think about like if looking backwards at this year, what mm. I'll remember most. Yeah. That is my criteria of what yeah. I would consider a game of anything. Yeah. And that's why, like, even, like, Flower, back whenever, whatever year that came out. Yeah. Whatever other games came out that year, I probably remember Flower more than anything else. Yeah. Even though it's not actually any better, but, like, it was such a unique experience. Right. It sticks with yeah. you. Like, Tomb Raider, I had a lot of fun playing Tomb Raider. That was a fun game. And I finished it, and I didn't give it another thought. Yeah, not that it was bad, but it was just, you yeah, beat the just... game, and that was it. Whereas yeah. Tomb Raider, yeah, yeah, like, The Last of Us, I wonder how much else The Last of Us, the impact of that is also the crazy ending by crazy i mean yeah. super just simple kind of like it was just like i mean it was just so i thought confident that was ending let's put it yes. that way yeah holistically it was one of my favorite games i've ever played in my life yeah like it's straight up <laughs> i own five i have five framed last of us pieces of <laughs> art in my mind. home on my walls <laughs> last of us may be one of the most important <laughs> games i've ever played to, to me studio of the year this was this is the part where I was actually like, "Are you kidding me?" And I got so excited, ran around the house. Studio of the year, the nominees were Irrational Games, Naughty Dog, Rockstar North, and the Fulbright Company. You know you can beat their. You, you, you know you can beat their game in five seconds. <laughs> Can't be that. Game. I am so enormously proud of the Fulbright crew for being. Not, I mean, Especially I just got home because it's not like that was the biggest indie darling of the year. Maybe it was. Maybe like this is uh, this is a bullshit award thing that doesn't count for anything. Well, that's why it's actually. But, Confusing because that's it. Like this is like no- notorious for being the bro town sponsored by Dorito. My, my joke <laughs> like, was going to be this is the game brought to you by Mountain Dew and the fact and that and it was a studio that actually like is in the mountains where where it's Dewey. <laughs> it's it's a Portland Oregon team. Yeah. To be in the company of Irrational Naughty Dog and Rockstar North is pretty. That alone, that just that nomination, like they could pretty that much astonishing. they could pretty much print that out right there and put it on the wall and say, like, well. Somebody thought we were as good as these guys that year. That's pretty fucking um, Which, cool. granted, like, Gone Home is great. Oh, this, you would not consider Gone Home game of the year? It's apples to oranges comparing that to, like, Last of Us versus Super Mario My Brothers My experience versus... with Gone Home was so... Such an interesting experience. Well, so you know those guys? It's, well, see, it's almost unfair to ask you, actually. Because Gone Home is such a... Is interesting because I mm-hmm. am so... It is so close to my heart in so many different ways in that... I, I love exploration and narrative storytelling in games. I've always wanted, since Myst, I have wanted a first-person story game. I mm-hmm. have. Like, just a pure, raw exploration game. That's what I thought Myst was back in the day. And I feel like only now have I gotten that promise fulfilled. That it was about a period in time that I grew up in. And that it was about it was about a character that I could identify with. Yeah. That it was about sisters. And that it was about 
homosexuality. Like, there's so many different ways that that game is so close to me. Beyond it, me considering the people who made it, some very dear friends. Like, that game is so close to my heart, I feel like I can't even, like... See, that's what... I'm kind of curious. I'm kind of... <laughs> Judging by my own criteria, I kind of wonder if how much of Gone Home I'll remember in a couple of years because that was really distinctive to me. But then again, at the same time, I don't know. It's it's, it's I don't know. It's, it's Gone Home was tremendously important to me. Yeah, and still is. See, I I see because I don't have that personal experience with that. So. Mm-hmm. In terms of like the content, like I thought it was an interesting game, but I don't have that, that emotional bond that you have. Even mm-hmm. if you didn't know who made it or anything like that, mm-hmm. it, you, that is a still a very personal game with you. Whereas I, I still, I, I admire the game for its craft and everything like that, but I don't mm-hmm. have that that immediate personal uh, connection with it that you do. Every way that game could resonate with me, it does. Yeah. Like literally every way. It hits every single note I want from a game. It hits all these other obscure criteria, and then on top of that, I really do. So the people who made it are some of my favorite. She has a bearded guy from Texas. <laughs> that's my Last of Us who really speaks to me. <laughs> that's that's my equivalent. Like you guys are so brave. <laughs> I, I've picked up a brick. Anyway, I gotta say though, I I love uh, Studio of the Year, man. I'm really proud of Fulbright Crew for you. It almost it almost seems like 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 a typo, like it's all that <laughs> kind of thing. Like how did it? It's it's just an unexpected thing. I think, but I think it, a lot of it go. This goes to not just the fact that they made a game that caused a lot of they got a lot of critical acclaim, but I think it was also that the the story of their studio was such a good story. Yeah. They came from triple A that, you know, three of the four devs were living in a house together. Like it was a really compelling story. Mm-hmm. And I can totally see why the story of those those four people working together stuck in people's minds enough that when thinking of studios, they would not only think of people for what they make, but also for who they are. Yeah. And those four people are four of my favorite humans. Steve Gaynor's great. Carla's great. Carla, I'm having over for Thanksgiving. Yanaman is a total sweetheart, and Kate Craig is one of my favorite humans in the universe. So, I am rooting for him. If they win, I will eat my hat. Because how the fuck do you beat irrational, that naughty crowd, dog? I'm assuming that's a live, live ceremony again. Someone will get shot. I wanted to tell. If Gone Home <laughs> trumps all these other games, someone, some fanboy in that crowd will shoot a motherfucker I have to on admit, stage. Even I was like. The naughty dog. Yeah, I know exactly. Yeah. <laughs> 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 naughty dog. They have my they have my axe. You <laughs> I know exactly. Yeah, they always have my axe. Oh. Uh, best shooter. The nominees are Battlefield 4, Bioshock Infinite, Call of Duty Ghosts, and Metro. That's Last a toughie. Life. I'm also willing to say Battlefield 4 because I know technically that's supposed to be better, even though that game is supposed to be from a technical point point of view a wreck. Super yeah. buggy, barely works for anybody. But Call of Duty is not that interesting. Bioshock, I mean, no, I guess you could almost say Bioshock and just because its story is more interesting. But, but Bioshock as a shooter... Is fucking terrible. Yeah. Is not compelling. Uh, our judgment is who gives a shit. <laughs> um, best action adventure game? Uh, Assassin's Creed 4, Black Flag, Grand Theft Auto 5, The Last of Us, and Tomb Raider. We should have rules where if we already said Last of Us is the best game of the year, we can't so also say <laughs> I don't know why some of these games are highlighted on our list, too. That's kind of weird. So... I- that's that's tricky because Grand Theft Auto has an adventure game. Well, see, that's this is where you like do crazy genre shit, yeah. Dunking things in, like because I feel like comparing you could compare Last of Us and Tomb Raider, and you can compare Grand Theft Auto and Assassin's Creed Black Flag, but comparing all four of those in one go is kind of weird to me. Because to compare a, a tight narrative based, level based adventure sort of game yeah. to open world sandbox games, kind of weird to me. 
Our verdict? Who gives a shit? <laughs> that I gotta say. It... Best sports... What? <laughs> Never mind. What? Best sports game. This is one where we have lots of opinions. I don't even know what any of this means. It's FIFA 14, MLB 13, the show, NBA 2K 14, and NHL 14. It's like, it's, it sounds like a bunch of fucking social security numbers. Next. <laughs> Best independent game. Gone Home. Kentucky Route Zero, Papers, Please, and The Stanley Did Parable. they ever put out any more Kentucky Route Zero? They um, put out episode two, and actually just this week they released something called The Experiment, which is a play written and performed by, I can't remember her name, but the woman, the artist who is within the narrative of Kentucky Route Zero. And the thing about this game is that it's you can play it point and click. It's free. You can play it point and click on your computer, but it's an Oculus, it's an Oculus Rift game. So, I haven't downloaded it. Glad I didn't invest in that season pass for that then. Jesus. <laughs> well, no, I mean, Kentucky Road Zero, I bought a season pass. They came out with episode two, like, a couple months ago. Games are hard to make. Motherfucker. The look Bill is giving me. Whatever. I worked in manufacturing. It's no gone well. home. Let's put it that uh, way. I, Wait, what I, were the other games? I haven't played Papers, Please yet. I really, really, really want to. It's Papers, Please gets a nomination good. just for the music. Uh, and the Stanley Parable, again, another game that I wish I could play, but as a Mac person, I cannot. So. I guess I could have just bought a, con- a gaming console for that money I just spent Yes, on you Xbox. could have, Bill. You really could have. Steam Machine! I loved, I really do love the art direction of Kentucky Route Zero. If this were purely art direction, design, yeah. Kentucky Route Zero would win full stop. But, God, that was awesome. Thing. Best Urpug? Uh, best Urpug. Best Final Urpug. Fantasy XIV, A Realm Reborn. Fuck you. Fire Emblem Awakening. Hell yes! Nino Kuni, Wrath of the White Witch. And Pokemon XY. Did you ever finish Nino Kuni? I'm three hours in. It's funny. I've talked uh, talking to people at PAX. Everyone yeah. I met was like, "Yeah, I'm about three hours in." <laughs> it's just like as soon as everyone gets into the desert in that game, everyone's like, "Yeah, that was. I got. I played." That Nino game Kuni. is remarkably old school, and that it assumes you're gonna sink seventy hours into it. If and I had more time, I would. But if you had things. no other game to play, of yeah. course. If this um, were 1997, of course. Well, speaking of other, my game of the year contenders, uh, Fire Emblem Awakening. That's one of the first games to come out this year. That's still blow again for a genre that I don't care about, like yeah. the strategy. Yeah. Especially on the 3DS, I, I think wish, that would be terrible. I wish you had bought a physical copy of that so I could borrow it from you. You bastard. It was really. I would buy one for you now, but I don't think you'd ever touch it. Yeah. Best and he says truthfully, nowhere to put. I, the nowhere, thing is, is that to... I really would play it. I really, I, I it sounds like a kind of game I'd like, but I just I best fighting game. Who gives a shit? Yeah, let's not. I'm not even gonna bother. Yeah, I'm not even time, bother. Driving game. Do uh, you want to talk about best driving game? Is that important? No. Best DLC. Okay. Best DLC. Borderlands Two. Tiny Tina's Assault on Dragon Keep. Dishonored. The Knife of Dunwall. Far Cry 3, Blood Dragon, or Mass Effect 3, Citadel. Uh, some good DLC on there, but it's... You gotta go with the Citadel. Yeah. Citadel, so if... if That's the only to... game that ends with someone making you huevos from cheros. After a party. After a party. DL, it's, I think it depends on how you judge DLC, because if DLC should either work on its own as a standalone or be a logical and worthwhile no, is... extension of a game... This is the pretty much mess, missing last end of yes. Mass Effect 3, yeah. I think that, at, like, most... Like, I downloaded Knife of Dunwall, and I enjoyed it, but it was, it was not, you know... It was it, just more gameplay. It's yeah. not like it really changed the story that much or anything. And Blood, Blood Dragon was ridiculous, but forgettable in yeah. its own way. Uh, neither of us played Tiny Tina's. And neither of us played Tiny Tina's. Because so. we... That Ashley Burch. Yes, have you ever smelled her? <laughs> 
Those birches, she right? She smells like Tim Tams. Best Xbox game. I just, I just game. want to eat her face. Oh, did you see she's going to be on Adventure Time? Yes, that's awesome. That's so awesome. <laughs> uh, best Xbox game. Bioshock Infinite, Brothers of Tale of Two Sons, Grand Theft Auto V, and Tomb Raider. This is more your This call. is weird. I gotta say, having best console games is weird to me for something that's a multi- platform console Well, especially they're like Tomb Raider's on all... Well, it's weird in that Tomb Raider is on both Two PlayStation and Xbox, but Raymond Legends, which is available for both consoles, is only on the PlayStation one. None of that makes sense. And Nintendo does dumb. because Nintendo's its own hey, thing. Hey, guess what? It's gonna be the exclusive. Brothers A Tale of Two Sons is best on Xbox. A Last of Us was best on PlayStation. There's no exclusive on the PlayStation. It's Grand Theft Auto, Raymond... PlayStation La- is no, Last, Last of Us. No, Last of Us. What am I saying? And oh, also okay. Last of Us was the best. Best Nintendo game... Uh, uh, Super Mario World. Yeah. I would just say that. I mean, Raymond Legends is good. Yeah, uh, the best Nintendo games are Pikmin 3, Raymond Legends, Super Mario World, and Wonderful 101. Uh, yeah, just Mar- Just even for the looks of it, I'd say more. I mean, it really comes down, to, for me, between Raymond Legends and Super Mario 3 World. But yeah. it's Mario. It's Mario. How can you outdo a platforming Mario It's a Mario. Mario. Uh, best PC game is Battlefield 4, Gone Home, Papers, Please, and Stanley Parable. We're just going to say it's Gone Home. Great, it's great to see... A good representation of indies, even though it's like the same four indies. I'm really at least pleased. they're on there, especially yeah. for this crowd. I'm really, yeah. really pleased. At the end of the day, if this gets more people buying indie games, then fuck it, I'm down. I'm totally down. Uh, yes, it's got home. <laughs> Best handheld <laughs> game: Animal Crossing: New Leaf, Pokemon XY, Tearaway, and The Legend of Zelda: A Link Between. They're all wrong because it's. Uh, I cannot Tiny believe they did. Tiny Tower didn't... Star Wars. <laughs> Tiny Death Star, whatever. No, it's it Fire Emblem Awakening. <laughs> uh, so everyone says that the Zelda game was one of the best Zelda games ever. Tearaway is supposed to be really good. Fucking Pokemon. I should blow the dust off my Vita. Just like that would be like... interesting. We should go have these. Oh yeah, I just pooped myself. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. I thought, I thought we stopped recording for a second, so that that was the deathly silence of both one. Okay, that's no, but, um. Yeah, yeah, no, Fire Emblem Awakening is. Fuck these guys. Yeah. They're all wrong. Yeah. Best casual game, Animal Crossing New Leaf, Disney Infinity, Plants vs. Zombies 2, Oof. It's About Time, and Skylander Swap Force. I would have to say Animal Crossing because that's the only game, the only game we, we ever played. played. Yeah. Okay, now we're getting nitty gritty. Oh, uh, Troy Best Baker. Boy- <laughs> Best Troy Baker. <laughs> Troy Baker is a chef. Is Stephen Ogden? Who's Best Troy Baker? Troy so, Baker. So, Troy Baker is Joel. Troy Baker is Booker DeWitt. Um, I just call him Troll. <laughs> troll Baker? My boyfriend, Troy Baker, as my I boyfriend, I call him Joel. Boy Traker. Mm. Uh, Stephen Ogg is Trevor Phillips in Grand Theft Auto V, or Willem Dafoe as Nathan Dawkins in Beyond Two Souls. Willem Dafoe himself in that movie. Troy Baker as Joel was one of the Go best have fun voice, with your friends. Was be- one of the best voice acting experiences. In, as Joel? As Joel. Oh, hands down is Joel. Not Bioshock Infinite? He did a fine job with Booker DeWitt, but there's nothing to Booker DeWitt. Well, he's not really acting. He's just kind of like... He's just he's like, talking. It's interesting because, like, Booker DeWitt, you would not think that Joel and Booker DeWitt were the same person. Let's you would that not. Right. That it's was really and, and also, there's more acting. Well, he also had to mocap yeah. Joel, yeah. and there's more... The subtlety... The subtlety in the voice performance of Joel, like, the range of emotions that Joel goes through, the transformation that he goes through from a, a broken, withdrawn man to kind of an open goof. <laughs> You know what Superman's full name is? Jor-El, which is not entirely unlike Joel, and they both have beards and they look good shirtless. You know what I'm <laughs> I was looking at the, the Last of Us 
shirtless tag on a Tumblr. There was a picture of shirtless Joel, and my wife and I spent like 15 minutes talking about how that was not canonically accurate. Yeah. Because I'm like, Joel would look like this, and Joel would look like that, and Joel wouldn't be that ripped, and blah, 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 blah. We spent a lot of time talking about it, actually. Yeah. His body hair wouldn't look like that, and he'd be kind of flabby, and blah, 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 blah. And he's under bed, so he'd be blah, blah, blah. That's a good point, actually. Yeah, he would not be ripped. He yeah. would not like Henry Cavill. Yeah. So this is, this is a trickier call. Best voice actress. Ashley Johnson is Ellie in The Last of Us. Courtney Draper is Elizabeth in Bioshock Infinite. Camilla Luddington as Lara Croft in Tomb Raider or Ellen Page as Jodie Holmes Ellen in Ellen Page Beyond is just Ellen Page. The whole, these are four phenomenal performances. For what I just said about um, Troy Baker as Booker DeWitt, Courtney Draper as Elizabeth was great. That character would have been terrible were it she not for her really performance. She was really good. She was astonishing. Well, also just even for that goddamn song, too. Just, oh, man, I forgot about their song. Like, I just playing the, um, the uh, DLC, the Burial at Sea DLC, she is, it reminded me how fucking good she is in that game. That's a hard call. But even Camilla Luddington did a really good job as Lara Croft. Well, I don't remember even what she sounds like. She was British, but other than that, I don't... Ellen, I that she was bad, my point like... is that this competition is way closer than best, than best voice actor. Ashley Johnson, though. That character Ashley Johnson, is just, that's definitely the best character Ellie was a really deftly played character again a character that could have come off as um like easy like being the broke being a broken teenager is kind of sassy and smart mouth and it could have been really grating too if they, it could have been yeah. very grating and she did a phenomenal job an absolutely phenomenal job I honestly can't pick between Courtney Draper she and could Ashley have been Johnson. like the guy who works just, at the pizzeria puts the cheese on and that he would have been just... grating <laughs> No. I'm sorry, God. Dear Lord, Bill, that dad joke was such a dad joke. I had to walk that around the block, yeah. Oh, man. Um, At the end of the day, I would have to choose um, Ashley Johnson just because The Last of Us meant so much to me, but... I think it says a lot that as much as I, I'm very dismissive of Bioshock Infinite. I enjoyed it, but I... Uh, but Courtney Draper made that. She absolutely single-handedly made that Also, game. she looks like Belle. Also, they're both named Elizabeth. They are the same person. <laughs> This is, this is the year of protecting people named Elizabeth. <laughs> Best soundtrack. Troy Baker. Hey, guess what? You're playing in a game where you have to protect someone named Elizabeth, who turns out to be your Ellie daughter. could be short for Eleanor. This is true. She yourself. looks like an Eleanor. She got that face. She got five pounds of face. <laughs> Best soundtrack. Bioshock Infinite, Grand Theft Auto V, Nino Cooney, or The Last of Us. The Last of Us. Nino Cooney would be interesting to, because it's got this. It's got a full recorded orchestral score right. by the guy who does all the Miyazaki bullshit. But no, Last of Us, man, that theme that kicks in. Theme. Man, also like all the other all the ambient music stuff. is great. I mean, the but music yeah. in Bioshock Infinite, like all the the things they did with the licensed music and everything, was really really great and uh, really stuck with you. Even aside from the theme, the draft music. The super sad yeah. uh, draft music. Spoilers are drafts in Last of Us. <laughs> Best uh, song in a game. ADHD performed by Kendrick Lamar in Grand Theft Auto V. Sleepwalking performed by the Chain Gang in 1974 Grand Theft Auto V. Survival performed by Eminem and Call of Duty Ghosts. So. And Will the Circle Be Unbroken performed by Courtney Draper and Troy Baker in Bioshock Infinite. Yeah, I guess who wins that? Fucking yes, Will the Circle That's be one unbroken. of those awards at the Spike VGS. I could easily see whoever whoever Mountain Dew puts the most marketing money into. <laughs> it's just like, it's going to be like I Eminem. I'll say Eminem because because he'll that that might that might help encourage him to show up at the awards. That's true. That's more like one of those fucking sh- yeah. I hope they have Courtney Draper and Troy Baker performing. Will the I saw people on Twitter asking her if she would do, and she's like, "Oh, that's an interesting idea." So yeah. who knows? That that'd be great. Uh, my my big complaint with what was the song I wanted to hear at the last VGAs, and I was really disappointed they didn't do. 
Oh, shit. Fuck the Pain Away by Miss Piggy. <laughs> well, no, I was spoiled because they did for Red Dead. They had the guy perform the Mexico oh, yeah, song, right, yeah. and it was really, really great. And so last year, I really wanted. I'd love shit, to see. There was if, a song for a video game. I was really hoping if they had the guy who did the yeah. score for uh, Last of Us. We did that main theme, oh, like man. with the guitar that and everything. That song gives like that. me such chills. I like how jangly that is. It's like a western. It's totally. I mean, and that song made me realize how much Last of Us was a western. Yeah. Anyway, last yeah. Most anticipated game. South Park, The Stick of Truth, mm. Destiny, Watch Dogs, Titanfall, or The Witcher 3, Wild Hunt. So we have... The answer is all of those are wrong. It's Uncharted. Uncharted, Uncharted. Uncharted, 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 Uncharted. Yeah, is that going to change? That, that should, that, that, that should be the award they give out at the end of the show after all the trailers after have come out. After all the trailers out. have come out. Because South Park... It's it's great to see that, that studio coming out with another RPG. But I don't give a shit about South Park. Destiny looks it's Borderlands except with fucking Halo I'm shit intrigued on it. by Destiny, Watch Dogs, and Titanfall, but I know actually... Watch Dogs, it's Assassin I wouldn't be surprised if it turns out Watch Dogs is like an Assassin's Creed just spinoff. That's the mm-hmm. modern day version of that. Which is not bad, but it's uh, Titanfall, it's it Call, Call of Duty with robots. And The Witcher 2 burned me so hard I could never That's ever... the short story of that one. It's like <laughs> You burned me once, shame on me. Brunch, so oh, when, brunch, when, oh. when are the VJs airing? Uh, I believe it is... December? Maybe a week from today. Okay. okay. No, two... You know what? I, no, I think it's I two think weeks it's from today. December, that's right? what I'm saying. If it's two weeks from today... Yeah, it's like December yeah. 7th. Yeah. yeah that, that's that's, that's what it... Right. That's two weeks from today. So that's... We could have done all this yeah. next week and it's still been timely. But what are you gonna, <laughs> who gives a shit? What you gonna do? Hey, everybody. This is the Boy Hattie Podcast. We're boyhattiepodcast.com at boyhattiepodcast on the Twitters. Howdy at boyhattiepodcast.com. You can drop us an email and you can rate us on iTunes and uh, complain about how we eat during every single episode. I'm still much not Tim Tim. No, this is going to be an ongoing taste testing. I wanted to make you eat some Vegemite thing. No, I don't like Vegemite. We still have not opened the Cadbury bar that's going to be future and we also have the other Curly Whirly which Dylan ate the shit out of the rest of that that first one. (laughs) I believe she did. She didn't have anything for lunch and she's like, what's a Curly Whirly? I'm like, it's just like, it's just Rolos that someone sat on. (laughs) That's actually, that's a really deft way to describe Uh, a Curly Whirly. But yeah, no, this tea, man, I'm going to, yeah, uh, the next podcast, I'm going to be uh, eating this tea. We're going to wrap this up because Andy's got to be... Uh, I got to go watch Hunger Games. got to go see Hunger Games. Uh, uh, to wrap this up, I'm going to make one last joke that ties together two separate things. Wrap ties. Annie, go see Hunger Games. May the Oods forever be in your favor. Because the Oods are a monster race from Doctor Who. And, and that's... You know what? I swear to God, that is the title of someone's <laughs> Doctor Who 